Alexa, open the pod bay doors. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Nice. Also, I'm not Hal, and we're not in space. Well, well, wait, wait but a, like, yes, and yeah, Alexa, yeah. That was he's a, wearing a space. That was suit. a no, I'm but wearing, yeah. So, so go and get on with it. Yeah, just maybe we'll try it again. Just, maybe just yes, and it. Yeah, Alexa, open the podcast doors. Playing door from Amazon Music. Jesus oh my god, Alexa, right. stop! Alexa, stop! I'll yeah. just unplug her. Yeah, it, 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 it was cool for a little. Alexa, sing Daisy Bell. Okay, if you'd like to hear it, I can sing it for you. Yes. Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer, do. This is, this is kind of demented. I'm half All right. crazy. Stop. All for the love All right, come on. of you. Let's go. Keep singing, Alexa. Uh, no, oh, you don't have to. I'm it's 2001. <laughs> I'm afraid. Welcome to There Are Too Many Movies, family. Hey. This week on There Are Too Many Movies, for episode 201, we are finally talking about my actual favorite movie, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Because by the time we get to episode 2001, we will, in fact... Be dead. Be, uh, maybe. Maybe. Or we will be artificial life. Yes. Yeah. We've got enough data. We will just be making the podcast... Like, we won't be doing the podcast, we'll just artificially make it you know yeah. What I'm yeah yeah, yeah we'll yeah. just be AI. like we'll feed it all Program. our voices yeah we've got enough data for that then we can go to chat gpt mm-hmm. and be like chat tmm you know what i mean yeah, yeah exactly and make us an episode about doesn't want enter yeah easy easy peasy what would that sound you know like? what how about this we will redo 2001 we'll do 2001 part two we should just make that 2001 first yeah. episode 2002 Right. You know what I really wanted to do while I was watching 2001? I was like, it'd be cool to type in 2001 as the Lego movie. That would be great. Oh, like as like a mid-journey. Yeah. With Chris like Pratt? You know what sucks is if they did it, it would they would do that. Yeah. Like he would play Dave? No, he would play, um, what's his name? <clears throat> Hal? No. The doctor? From oh, the Dave. Second yeah. Okay. Right. Dave, Dave Bowman. Yeah. Bowman. I was, that's what the name <clears throat> I was thinking okay. of. Um, anyways, uh, before we talk about 2001, we're going to talk about what we've been watching. I'm Chris Collins. That was a certified hard rock moment. Thanks, that guys. Was. I'm Josh the Josh Rodriguez, and I went to film school university. And I'm Alex, sipping on some scissor Wilson. You Jew motherfucker, you! I am. Yeah. Congrats to us, dude. Yeah, so um, before we talk about anything else, though, like our watch list, five mucks a month on Patreon... We'll get you access to a bonus episode a week. It's called Supplements. It's like no format. Three guys <laughs> shitting around. And it's like my new favorite thing. I think that they're very awesome. I, I think like it's worth five bucks a month. Are you just grooving out? Yeah. Those yeah. Are, I dude, like the music. getting into it. Let's tear good. up this dance floor. What? You, you don't know, but I've cut the music at this point. Oh, shit. Oh, really? Yeah. 
and it's back. It goes in. out the and it's back. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, you get a bonus weekly, bonus monthly, also, which we talk about an actual movie. And then um, feet pics, fucking Discord access, Let's fucking, fucking community it, access. If you hey, if you want a bunch of friends that you have to pay to know, <laughs> join our Discord. It's a very exclusive club. There are like two hundred of us, yeah. and and it's cool, and it's actually really fun, and it's some of the coolest people I've ever met. I have a bunch of best friends that. Uh, I've never I have a best friend club that has like 300 people. Yeah, but you're in the bottom tier, so you can like go to like two get-togethers. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. There's only one tier. It's five bucks a month. Five bucks a month. And um, it's on patreon.com slash there to And we will send you a fleshlight made from our individual cast of our anuses. Like that is like, that's a perk. Surprisingly, Alex sells the best. Yeah. Yeah. I have the tightest ass. What do you want? You do. I genuinely thought it would be... Chris, he's yeah. like the no. Same. He's actually got the loosest asshole of us. Yeah, yeah. And yours actually tastes like an everything bagel too. It does. So <laughs> onion, onion yeah. and garlic. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but all that is for five bucks a month on Patreon. Except you want, if you want to get to the asshole tier, it's like a million dollars a month. Trillion, trillion. Yeah. If you want to see our assholes, it's a million dollars. And there's only one tier. There's only one slot available. We only sell that once, and then we quit. Yep. Right. We send our our asses. And then we're out of the game. Then we're out of the, game. <laughs> <laughs> then we're out of the, out of the rat race. So if you love us, you can do that. Or if you hate us, you can just shut us down with a million dollars. Right. Exactly. So there's that. Um, Would, uh, wouldn't you love to do that? You hate us. Ah. Uh, would suck if you sent us a million dollars. Uh. Don't do it. The music's back on, by the way. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's the end of that. Oh. And <clears throat> Patreon bit. Okay. Alex, you want to kick off the watch list? You, okay. haven't done it, you haven't done it in a while. Okay. What'd you watch, dude? Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers, dude. This is a classic made by a predator. And that's how you know it's good. Predators do indeed make the best art. I hate to say it. Who made this? The, the Predator. Who? I just met her. I don't know. Alexa, who directed Jeepers Creepers? A predator. Victor Salva directed Jeepers Creepers. Is he bad? He's a predator? He's yeah, a bad guy? he's a bad dude. It was actually directed by the predator. He was like... Well, the fucking... What's his name? The <laughs> the creeper itself kind of looks very predator-y. Doesn't he? I don't remember. He has like big old... Like, Does that Justin Long? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm just picturing the predator directing now. It's like, hey, get, uh, what do you think of that? He has thing? a hat and he's doing a lot of this. He's like, yeah. yeah, he's looking through the viewfinder. Yeah, like. it's, it's all it's all like the thermograph. Like it's like the thermal imaging. Yeah. He's like looking. He's like, why is it so colorful? And they're like, yeah, oh, you got fucking thermal fucking vision. Idiot. Yeah, and he's like, whoosh. he does like the you know that noise before he goes into whoosh. thermal vision. Yeah. It's like, whoosh. it's like the gaffer whoosh. fucks something up and you see the fucking three dots like how. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, the best oh, boy is the fuck. worst boy. My bad. <laughs> uh, but a, yeah, so how's Jeepers Creepers? It is a good fun time, and mm-hmm. not much more. Um, it, it feels very distinctly early two thousands, and I actually do have a lot of nostalgia for that movie. Um, it's a great ending. It's it's a it's one of the best endings for a horror for film. a horror for sure. Yeah, um, Justin Long is so good. Really, everyone is really good in it. Um, it's just a fun time. If you haven't seen Jeepers Creepers, a great creature feature, go ahead and a see. A Jeepers Creatures feature. A, a Jeepers Creepers creature feature. You can watch it with your peepers. <laughs> uh, go ahead and definitely uh, do that. I, I recommend that. it. That's great. <clears throat> Where'd you watch it? Uh, <clears throat> fucking, I want to say Hulu or something. I think Hulu For had free? it. Yeah, I think so. Nice. Cinema 4-3? 
Uh, ah. Cinema, not 4.3. Ah. Uh, I remember distinctly because uh, before it came out, my dad had like a Fangoria subscription and the Jeepers Creepers monster was the cover photo of one of the issues. So I was like, what the fuck is that? So it's yeah. like ingrained in my fucking psyche. Mm-hmm. Good movie. Watch it. In your peepers. In my peepers. Yeah. I observed it with my peepers. In your Jeepers peepers. Yeah. Little Mer- the Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> the new one? Yes. Thoughts? Um, of the current lineup of live-action Disney movies, this is my favorite. I still will never watch it over the original, simply because... Did you... You grew up with the original? I did, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, we had s- a sister, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister watched it all the fucking time, and then I consequently also watched it all the time. Um, it's a the original is great to me. I love that movie. The music, the music is, is top tier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you get into the Little Mermaid and Aquafina raps, as you told me last week. You also saw this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carly wanted to watch it, so I took her to watch it, and uh, didn't feel I needed to bring it up on the show. It's just <laughs> you know, it was fine. It's a fine movie. Mm-hmm. Not my bag, but I mean, like, who am I to be like? This isn't what I was expecting. I mean, you yeah. Know. yeah. You know who's great in it is <clears throat> Melissa McCarthy. She's really great. But she's a squid, not an octopus or whatever. Oh, no. So the movie gives a. F- <sighs> Meanwhile, there's like talking fish. Shut yeah, the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. There's a talking Shut up, seagull. Bitch. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. Shut up with a Shut Y. Up, bitch. You bitch. With a Shut Y. Shut up. Did you, just, did you just say the B word? No. <laughs> no. No. Quite crazy bitch. Just gaslight him. Either. Yeah, immediate. Um, Melissa McCarthy's great in that. She's really good. She really nails Ursula. The, uh, dude, the end sequence with her. Yes, dude. That went. That's the one part that did go harder than the original. Is you remember the big climax monster scene? It's fucking great. Yeah. What does Aquafina play? S- uh, Scuttle the seagull. Okay. Um, I mean, they're they're in the original. That's a character from she the original, raps. but she does. There is a rap song, and that and that's not in the original. That is no. Arguably, they don't rap in the original. In the 1989s, The Little Mermaid on cartoon on VHS. Now, um, <clears throat> I liked David Diggs. Yeah, he was good as Sebastian. As Sebastian. Uh, but that that's the one like blemish on the movie. I think. Well. And Flounder's design, I guess. Flounder's design. Also, I don't feel like... Kill me. He's just a fucking fish. Javier Bardem kind of, like, phoned it the fuck in. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, Disney bag. Bye. I mean... All these live-action ones are as shitty as all those Disney 100-year steelbooks that are coming out. Those are all dogs. Oh, wow. Yeah, those are bad. in the same department mentally in my brain where it's just, like, failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Disney failure. The entire they're they're doing doing, all the live action. Do you think they're doing it on purpose so that they can essentially rule out the physical media division of their tier? Like No, I think that's an avenue that's like like a revenue stream for them. Like it's a the producers type thing. Oh shit. They're like, we're gonna crash physical media with these terrible steel books. So that people will be like, no, I'm not buying this. And we can be like, well, we took a loss on physical media. Let's so, never yeah, do it So again. they can go into the boardroom and be like, look at this big red line. Yeah. That's going down. And they go, harumph. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> streaming never, only. Yeah, exactly. Let's yeah. put everything on Disney Plus. Maybe. Maybe. Fucking dumb. You know who is really good, who actually gives like the best performance, <laughs> I think, in any of the live action ones? Josh Gad in Beauty and the Beast. I never saw it. Good? He's very good. Yeah. He plays LeFou, uh, like Gaston's like little... Is minion, a candle? essentially. No, no, no. Uh, he's like the bad guy's the like, teacup henchman. No, he's a human. The candlestick? 
No, Josh Gad's character in Beauty and the Beast. The he's Beast. A, he's a human. The Beast. Josh Gad plays the Beast, right? Sure. Okay. All right. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm mixing it up. So he's the magic carpet then. Correct. There you go. Okay. And we're yes. back. And, right. and we are back. Just we're so back. He plays one of the table we're so legs. Back. Okay. Got yeah. it. Cinephiles only, dude. That one is mostly humans, though, besides <clears throat> the furniture, though, right? Of course. Yeah, it was yeah, kind yeah. of forgivable. Yeah. That was before the whole thing. That was before Lion King kicked off, like, let's just fucking do all what the, the hell. Movie. Yeah. You know what yeah. might Directed actually... Directed by... Oh, sorry. No, it wasn't. Oh, what? I was going to say the, the Aladdin one was by Guy Ritchie. It was? Yeah, it I know. Was. I, I, I almost thought the Lion King one was Guy Ritchie. Oh. Um, you know what's actually might be kind of good, dude? What the Hercules live action? One. Are they doing that? Yes, I'm seeing the shit out yeah, of that. Yeah, that'll be great. I'm that'll probably be really sure good. Dude. Yeah, it's all humans, just gods and shit. Yeah, yeah it's I that, love that, fucking dude, I love mythology. Disney's Hercules. That's that's probably what kicked off my love for mythology. James is Woods is, as Hades is one of the best Iconic. performances yeah, James ever. James Woods, He's come on, so dude. good. That oh. and Herc's Adventures for PS One. That's a great game. The Hercules game was really fun. It was, yeah. I bet it's that'll be a good shit. live action. That is going to be good. You, yeah. you know what won't be good? <clears throat> Bambi. Bambi. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Directed by Sarah Polly, dude. The director of Women Talking. The Oscar winning. Oscar winning director. Adapted screenwriter. <clears throat> so, Sarah Polly. So is Hercules casted? No. Who would you cast? Mm. Ooh. Well, okay. So there's, there's teen Hercules who's sort of Can like. Can John Cena be Hercules? He'd, would, I think would, he'd be would, pretty great. That would be great. Yeah, right. It's goofy. I think he's a he's really leaned into comedy the past few years. Yeah. And Plus he could actually, he could pull off the like the body. I mean, he's. I mean, not just the body, but like the like the significant moments. Fuck. Yeah. Ah, shit. You're right. Yeah. Does he need a green screen soon? The VFX team is like, yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if it, they don't need to like make him bigger at all, they can just be like, yeah. come as you are. Him or fucking even uh, Thad from uh, Blue Mountain State. Oh, he'd be great. Alan he Richardson. Would, he would be great. Dude, too, yeah. I forgot about that show. That's a really funny show. He's, dude, seriously, one of the most talented, fucking <laughs> hilarious actors ever. That, like, he's only been in, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and then Blue Mountain And, like, State. Jack Reacher. And, like, yeah. that's all he's done. Dude, okay. But who, he would be so fucking good as Hercules. The most important casting, who would be Megara? Meg. I don't know. Oh. oh. You gotta give it to uh Okay. Cindy Sweeney. Really? No. Nah, she doesn't work as a brunette. Yeah. <laughs> if I could pick an actor of any time, it would be my cousin Vinny Vinny era. Oh uh, yes. Marissa Tomei. Nailed it. That is perfect. I was gonna say Marissa Tomei or Maggie Gyllenhaal, but younger. Yeah. Marissa just Tomei. To fit the, inter- just to fit right. the casting. Maybe Gianna Michaels throw her in there. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I mean, it's know a name is. I just made up. Yeah, I just made up a name. Weird. Don't Google it. Okay. Uh, who? But like current day, <clears throat> that's tough, man. That is really tough. Yeah. There are no. There are no beautiful women anymore, <laughs> especially not, in Hollywood. Yeah. Not that James Wood is as Hades though. For real. Yeah, I. You can't. Could I, Florence th- Pugh do it? Nah. Nah. No. She's too short. Whoa. I just made up an arbitrary reason. <laughs> Heightest of you, very heightest of you. Well, Hades, Hades, James it's gotta Woods. be James Woods, gotta be, yeah. Live action, though, yeah, he's too old for the gig. He's mostly flame, he's mostly just standing there and then he like gesticulating, yeah. 
I don't know, man. Uh, I, I can't imagine anybody else. It has to at least, even if someone plays him, he's got to voice it. <clears throat> like, he yeah. has to. <sighs> I don't know, dude. It's 2023. I think it's Chris Pratt. <laughs> Disney would love that, but... He really, yeah. It probably would be, but... You know, he's also doing some other animated character. I know he just did Mario, but he's also... Oh, Garfield. He's going to be Garfield. Are you serious? Well. Yeah, dead serious. They're making another Garfield movie? Jesus. Yeah. Hopefully David Cross is in it. All right. Anything else in your watch list? Rushmore by Wes Anderson. <clears throat> Getting ready for Asteroid City, I see. Yes, I am. Uh, this is a great movie. Uh, ever since I saw Grand Budapest Hotel, though, every Wes Anderson movie pretty much pales in comparison. Yeah. That is such a good fucking movie. Dude. Genuinely the best of his work. It's, and and it's hard to compete with it. It's yeah. It's just so fucking Like, good. I wasn't, like... Before, I always, like, sort of tolerated Wes Anderson. Right, like, he right. wasn't ever someone that I, like, disliked or anything. But I was like, yeah, he's got a style, and it's not really my thing too much. You know what's funny, though? Sorry, I'm going to interrupt no, you fine. for a second. You know how, like, there are all these, like, AI-generated versions of Wes Anderson, and, like, people are getting upset because it's like, Wes Anderson is more than that. Is he? <laughs> exactly. Fucking is he, I literally, I literally retweeted somebody that was like, I hate to see all these AI things as if all he is is symmetrical, quirky shots, and I'm just like, but is he? Yeah. Isn't he? Like, that's all he fucking does, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's like, a lot of his movies are good. Oh, sorry, there wrong. is that one shot of a guy on a motorcycle that goes... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awful. I mean, it like it's not a style. <clears throat> it's just it's his, distinctive, and he made it his own. It's yeah. what he does. It's surface level, and that's what he does. But yeah. Grand Budapest really Red, <clears throat> it stands above the rest. It, it's it is very gorgeous. He he makes good movies, but to have a style so formulaic is kind of detrimental to his movies because you just expect it. Yeah, it's all expected. I guess An so. AI can create it. Yeah. At this point, that's how formulaic it is. It, it ingested all the movies and went, I know how to do this. <laughs> yeah. I People am... like, it's more than that. No, it's not, actually. It's yeah. kind of not. It's, a lot it's... of his movies have, like, I mean, you know. They have the same color palette. Yeah. yeah. The same symmetrical shots. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rushmore was a nice throwback because it, it seems like before it's, it's before yeah. he really started going that route. Mm. Um, but. The whole time I was just like, man, Grand Budapest is really good. <laughs> like the whole time I was watching it. Like, yeah. Have you seen it yet, Chris? No. You have to. It. I've never been a huge Wes Anderson stand. Same. And that. It's just that dude. movie. You I like, like Life Aquatic and Grand Budapest. And, oh, no, I haven't seen Grand Budapest. Yeah. Sorry. Life Aquatic's great, though. Life Aquatic and Royal Tenenbaums is what <laughs> I was thinking of. Sure. But anyway. Royal Tenenbaums feels like that's where he like started being Wes Anderson. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. It's mm. like he just did his thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good shit. Fair enough. That's all I got. Nice. Chris? Tiffer? Um, I'll kick my watch list off with a Netflix horror thriller I saw called I See You. Dude, I saw the trailer for this the other day. How was it? Dude, it's solid. Solid? Yeah. It's I recommend it. It's so hard to trust the Netflix original these days, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. While we I, wait so <clears throat> patiently for Black Mirror season six or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. <clears throat> It'll be out this week if you're listening to this. Let's oh, yeah. go, BB. Um, but uh, I See You was really solid. It's a good horror thriller. Got a lot of good twists. And it's like... I would say go in blind. I don't want to reveal anything about it. Nice. Um, go in blind to I see. How am I supposed to watch it then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put on, tie a towel to your face. Wait, never mind. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> abort, abort, abort. <laughs> <laughs> Parachute out of that bit. Yeah. Um, it, it's good. 
here, here's what you do. You put a towel over your face, and then you pour a jug of water. Whoa! Right, right. Well, let him hear him out. Okay. You pour a jug of water on your face over the towel. Right. Mm-hmm. To keep it on your face. Right, right. Yeah. And, like, to get to the point where, like, you almost can't breathe. Right. And then you take the towel off, and then you can breathe. But, like, just keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. For longer and longer. If you need to know how to do that, if you need an instructional video, go watch Zero Dark Thirty. Great movie. And that's how you watch I See You on And that's cinema, baby. Ah! That's a 4D immersive experience. That's what they do in the 4D (laughs) immersive Zero Dark Thirty experience. Someone comes along and just waterboards you during the scenes. The fucking 4D version of Fast X. Did you see that? Oh, my God. Were there, like, people in... (laughs) No, is that a thing? Dude, yeah. It looked so fucking bad. like a roller coaster ride or something? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. It looked so bad. It looks like yeah, a I'll nightmare. Pull a, I'll pull up a clip, but Jesus Christ, man. People like rolling in cars. Like Dude. A, in like a roll bar car. Dude, yeah. Like the, there's a part where it's snowing and like the, there's like artificial snow. It's like this is the fucking. It's like is, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Marty Scorsese's like literally died when he saw it. <laughs> yeah. Luckily brought back to life. Yeah. So he can finish editing. By Ant-Man 4. So he can do the Jesus movie. Jesus was like, rise. Like, yeah. you have to finish my movie. Honestly, dude, like, <clears throat> if you pick one human being on Earth to resurrect. Kubrick. Marty, Marty Scorsese. Kubrick. Yeah. Bruh. Especially after watching 2001. I would choose. He would be so mad. This man. He would. He would be so mad if he woke. He'd be like, so what's on my phone? Oh, you'd re- resurrect Akira Kurosawa? Uh, Alexa, stop. No, this is about Miyamoto Musashi, who is... It's a physical media minute. It is a physical media minute. Uh, this is the Samurai Trilogy. That uh, is about a specific samurai named Miyamoto Musashi or Musashi Miyamoto, however you want to fucking say it. I don't think you pronounced that correctly. Try it again. Musashi Miyamoto. Hey, I think that's right. That, that sounds more yeah. right. Uh, he's, he's a real person that really lived, and he's one of the most fascinating people ever. Oh, this is the guy. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, he... It, like there's he's got like a mythos surrounding him as a person also my second favorite manga of all time vagabond is entirely about him and his life and it's just insane and what did he do uh, a lot of shit he became a samurai and he wrote the book of five rings which is very very famous and uh, so he's the mandarin of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? He is, indeed. Mm-hmm. He's the Chinese Mandarin from Japan. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to like sort of like truncate it in a way because he's so well, fascinating as a person. Well, didn't he famously kill like a ton of people? He killed, 1v100, basically, He or killed s- 60 people at once. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and Joe Rogan oh. has him tattooed on his arm. Oh, does he? The hardest Yeah, this is imaginable. that guy, right? I guess so. Alexa, who does Joe Rogan have tattooed on his arm? From tuco.co.k. Tattoo on Joe Rogan's right arm. Joe Rogan has a Miyamoto Musashi tattoo on That's his cool. right arm. I didn't know that. Surprised you didn't know that as a cinephile that loves this movie and owns this movie. And, and Joe has a Rogan. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, surprised you didn't know about Joe Rogan, who's a fan of the show, by the way. There's too many movies. So that's cool. Yeah. You watched it all? No, I watched the first one so far. Okay, and I will cool. finish up the trilogy soon. Nice. Let's go, BB. If we're into physical media minute, look at my whole fucking room. I've got um, almost as many copies of 2001 as I have of my other favorite movie, The Fountain. Your favorite, favorite movie. Yeah, favorite f- of all time. Yeah, yeah. I've got This is your favorite movie, but Fountain is your favorite, favorite. Yeah. Right, right. So, I mean, just look at them. I just have a bunch of different editions, different art. Montalab box sets. Bunch of I just have art. that one in the middle. The <clears throat> the eye? The eye. Yeah. yeah. The, that's, the, that's, that's a 
a good one. It's a solid one, right? Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one a lot. I like the minimalism of it. But yeah, I mean, I've got fucking the novel. I've got for whatever two. reason, I like the minimal steelbooks for Kubrick more so than other directors. You've got the Shining one too with the door, right? Yeah, that's I love that one. one. I, I even like the Clockwork Orange, the milk one, the one that I got you for your birthday. I like that's a solid. It's not bad. One. It yeah. is orange and like white. The white milk with orange, right? Yeah, it's good. It's a good one. Yeah. Um. But anyways, yeah. Just look at this. That is just a lot of them. I'm not going to go through. Them. <laughs> There's there. It's there. not going to take up. We're going to talk about Tales of One later. Do you have anything? You only saw ICU. That's it. Oh, I thought you, we were doing physical media. Oh, no, I don't have any physical. Okay. I also watched Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh. Let's fucking get it, BB. Bruh. Gary this movie Oldman? fucks so hard. It is Fuck a goddamn yeah. vibe, baby. It is amazing. Production design is fucked. Production design. Dude, that fucking red <laughs> armor that's like. It's like skin almost. It it's, looks like Spawn or something. Dude, yeah, come dude. on. Gary Oldman is fucking Count Dracula, BB. A phenomenal performance. Let's fucking go, dude. He is Nosferatu. Keanu Reeves? Mass fuck yeesh. performance. She's yeah. basically Bill and Ted. Kind of yeesh, She's dude. Like, what is there some kind of like a vampire in this castle? Yeah. Like fucking Gary Oldman turns into a bat and he's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. I'm thinking I'm back. I'm thinking. I'm thinking he's bat. I'm thinking he's bat. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm bat. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking I'm bat. Whoa. Dude. Oh. I'm beginning to believe. Yeah, but it was, it was a great movie. <laughs> it's fucking astounding. Francis Ford Coppola, dude. Coppola's. Graham Stoker's drag. Winona Ryder? Let's Yo. Get just it? matter. Oh shit! My bad. Yeah, great but, actress. But for real though, good. good fucking actress. Yeah, some great scenes. Winona Ryder or Jodie Foster? Oh Winona no, Ryder. Winona Jodie Ryder. Foster. Jodie Foster. Foster. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Hardly know her. True Detective season four. Let's fucking let's go. fucking get it, baby. I don't know, man. Silence of the Lambs. Jodie Foster. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Your favorite movie of all time, Panic Room. I do love that movie. Oh. But I mean, I just watched a movie Taxi Driver. Blah. I just met her. But I just watched a movie with fucking goth out. That was a joke because she's like six years yeah, old. Yeah, but she's in that movie. She's like 12 years old. She's a good actress. Good fucking actress. Not by our definition in that movie. I'm going <laughs> to. Let me make a statement. Why don't you have a seat right over there? Okay. Uh, but Winona Ryder plays a fucking goth out. Yeah, she's great. She's great in this movie. I'll take Jodie Foster, though. Okay. As, as an actress. Good fucking actress. That's what we're we're talking about casting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or right, right. But Winona Ryder, dude. Wow. Yeah, that's a that, great movie. Though. That's in her Johnny Depp phase. I feel like. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Also, Keanu was in love with her during this movie. Oh. They were in love with each other, but it was a an unrequited love. Oh man. They yeah. fucked. No. Keanu Should've. wouldn't do that, man. Yeah. He wouldn't fuck a girl. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> He's the nicest guy in the world. Um, I followed that up with Dracula Untold, uh, just because uh, it's fine. It's summer fun. Top. It down. is summer fun. I haven't seen that. Is that like the official sequel to that Dracula? No, no, no it's no, no. more of a prequel, like to it's how a- Dracula got his powers. You know what's funny? I'll I'll go into little little bit of backstory on this. Universal has tried to 
uh, start their monster cinematic universe ever since Marvel started theirs. Mm-hmm. That's they, so fucking stupid. Yeah, but they wanted <laughs> theirs with monsters, and uh, they tried to kick it off with all sorts of films. The Wolfman, Benicio's yeah. Wolfman was one. Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss. That was later on. Okay. Uh, and Dracula Untold was like the first one. And at the very end, did you say for the end credit scenes of Dracula Untold? Oh my Untold? god. Because they're setting up the monster cinematic universe. Dracula Return. In. It, it fucking bombed hard. Yeah. It's a you good movie. I, I think it's a good movie. It's fun. Oh, Van Helsing was another one that was supposed to kickstart their cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. That also bombed. Uh, Dracula Untold tried to do the same thing. Bombed. Then they did The Mummy with Tom Cruise. Yeesh. And that's when they announced officially the Dark Universe. With fucking Javier Bardem as uh, Frankenstein's monster, and fucking Russell Crowe as Doctor Jekyll, and fucking what a uh, Johnny Depp was the Invisible Man. We're basically announcing the flop cinematic universe, dude. dude immediately bombed with the with Tom Cruise's The Mummy. Yeah. Uh, and then they were like, "Fuck it, let's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck it." Day what release was- day? They're just go. Fuck it. <laughs> they're like, their first pet press conference is just like, today we're announcing the Monster Cinematic Universe confetti, Boo. fucking sound effects, boom, whatever. <laughs> and then after the mummy, he came out. <laughs> after like, after the, the mummy's fucking, they checked out the box office numbers on the mummy. Yeah. yeah. And then he, then he came out after that, didn't even get to the microphone on the podium. He's just like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. And then like walked away. And then they did the right thing and gave Blumhouse the Invisible Man, which did great because it was a movie on its own that was not trying to build on another fucking universe. Mm. That's honestly, dude, that is what you do now. Yeah, don't try to. Okay, first of all, early, Marvel did it. They won. They did it's it. It's over. And you're pro- you're definitely not going to replicate that. No, there's no way. Just make a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Period. Just like the Batman did. Make, yeah. a, make a good movie mm-hmm. and call it a fucking day. Exactly. Are you going to see The Flash? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> all right. It's got Batman in it. Are you going to watch some gonna... dumb fucking anime bullshit that kind of yes. makes you a pedophile yeah. a little bit? It, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of makes you, honestly, a pedophile. He, he, went, he jumped through like 10 different <laughs> logical leaps so quickly yeah. to get there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he gets there. He got she's there. 100 okay. years old. Yeah, but she's also wearing seven. a fucking school's yeah, school yeah. uniform. I anyway, watch this. Dracula Untold was <clears throat> fun. Summer fun. It's uh, he turns into bats too often. It, I thought you... That's <laughs> 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 such a weird critique. No, it's not. It's yeah, like, I'm thinking I'm bats. <laughs> yeah, and he says that too. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking I'm bats. <laughs> 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 he fucking takes off into a herd of bats. It's just too much of that. I wanted another Dracula movie and then like, you know gothic dracula and you just got this guy turning into a swarm of bats every two seconds you know what you need to see dude what dracula 2000 oh yeah oh really oh no sorry you're talking i'm sorry in my head i heard dracula dead loving it oh no so i mean that's a great i haven't seen 2000 dracula 2000 is a banger okay and has like it's right up there with queen of the damned as far as soundtracks go nice queen latifah of the damned it's that same vibe okay I will end my watch list with a classic piece of cinema, a Cinema 4-3 masterpiece from my childhood, a nostalgia shotgun blast to the face, 
Spice World. Oh, oh yeah. Fucking go, baby. I saw this on the theaters. Dude. Sporty Spice did things to me, dude. That's what I thought. And then I rewatched. I was like, Sporty Spice is my favorite for sure. And yeah, she was mine. Posh Spice. And now it's Ginger Spice. She's Oh, mommy. yeah. No, you're really? right. She right. is mommy, dude. Wow. She is 100% mommy. Shout out to Caroline. We watched this together. It's her idea. But it also, I grew up with an older sister. And so this was a prevalent part of my childhood. 100%. I don't have an excuse. I was just a horny little boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you're just like five girls singing and dancing, yeah. And then there's an alien somewhere. There's alien. It, yeah. it's now my favorite alien movie over 2001. <laughs> I have to agree with you. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's hilarious. It's self-aware. It's campy. <clears throat> yeah, it, I don't know if you guys have watched it recently. Richard Kind no. is fucking hilarious. Alan dude. Cummings. It's act, dude. It is stacked with cameos. Yeah, it has Hugh Laurie in it. It has a bunch it, of English famous English actors in it. To me, it holds up better than Austin Powers does. It has the same. Oh, I, it has the same uh, humor, but and like in the same vein. I can see that. But for whatever reason, it holds up better than uh, Austin Powers does. That is sacrilegious. But I haven't seen it since I was like five. So. Yeah, I'm afraid to rewatch Austin Powers. To be honest, it's, it's cringy great. as fuck. I fucking love those. Yeah, the third one is the only one that I'm like, whatever at this point. But the first two genuinely. Why? Because Beyonce's in it? Too? No, because it's just not as good of a movie you just as the hate other two. The beehive, dude. Is that what you're saying? No, don't say that. Don't summon. You them. hate the fucking beehive? No! Not the bees! Not the bees! <laughs> not the bees! <laughs> you bitches! No, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! <laughs> you sons of bitches! Um, I want to recreate the Wicker Man with the beehive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. the bees! Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just a bunch of tweets from fucking people that think they're Beyonce. Yeah. yeah. The single ladies, he's like, ah, lemonade, ah, <laughs> him in the bear costume, just punching a woman. What is it? What's wrong, sister? Yeah, it's one of my favorite clips from any movie yeah. ever. It, not because he's punching a woman. No, that it, is because you've said that. Because it looks ridiculous, and yeah. the editing is so funny. There's no music. He just like runs up this hill in a goofy bear yeah, costume. The, the way he like Doof. waddles up to her and he hits her with a crazy right hook. Yeah. Anyways, Dexter, dude. Yeah, that's uh, Spice World's great, self aware, campy meta towards the end. It gets like yeah. self aware and weird. weird. It's like the writer is pitching that, a movie like, about writing the movie and he's writing the movie as it's happening. Right. It just gets insane. I love whenever the man is like dancing along to like the the last song. The guy that like has a different animal yeah, in his yeah, lair yeah. every time it cuts back to yeah. him. He has like a white cat and then it cuts back he's got a bunny and then it cuts back and he's got a pig. <laughs> it's just hilarious. like dude, it's so funny. Yeah, it's good. And yeah, and he always has some weird abstract thing to say. He's like, you know, if you chase the rabbit long enough, the hole goes deeper and deeper. And and the manager's like, "Yep, okay, I got to go." And yeah. it's just like he always has some weird like I think nice. that what's that dude's name? Richard Grant. But like every time famous I see, actor, I see him now, and I'm always like, man, he was great in Spice World. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's awesome. He had like a full career before and after. But yeah. I'm, I'm always like, damn, like Spice World. Though. He's known for from. <laughs> that's if we ever like introduce people, we should introduce them with their most their obscure worst. credit. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. that. Like, Star of Green Hornet, Seth Rogen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Roger uh, Deakins of the Goldfinch fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, that's it for me. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Uh, wow. Let's run through it. Okay. Um. I had some fucking four, five star fucking ratings over here. All right. Wow. Had a good weekend of watching films. Mystic River, two thousand three. This is a twenty Ooh. year old movie now. Scene Peen. Scene Peen. Scene Peen. Kevin Bakey's. Tim mm. Robbie's. Lawrence Fishies. Wow. Directed by Clint Eastie's. 
Did you guys know it was directed by Clint Eastwood? Did not. It is a fucking awesome movie. I dude. just watched this like last year. It's really? Great. It's great. I fucking love this movie, great dude. thriller. It's a great thriller. It had lots of twists and turns. I definitely wasn't expecting until like maybe two thirds the way through. And I was like, oh, okay, I got it. I yeah. got it. But it's not that I was like really searching for it. I just really loved the story that it was right. telling. Clint Eastwood's you know? not going to get you with the twist. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. And I don't need him to. No, you just need a good movie. The yeah. the movie, it's a, it's just a terrific thriller. Yeah. I don't make thrillers. I just make movies. I make films. Young Vietnamese boys scare me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mystic River is fucking great. It's, I'm not a racist, but all my movies have racist undertones. Undertones. It's part of Americana. It's like kind of patriotic and a little problematic. I started a movie with an orangutan, and it was called... Any which way but loose. Oh, you want to do another take? Do you feel lucky? We only do one take on my set. Punk. How many takes did I do? Was one. Six? I'm so old now, I genuinely don't know how many takes we did. <laughs> uh, Mr. Griffith is fucking great. It's 20 years old. Uh, I, yeah. watched, I had to rent it. I didn't see it available okay. anywhere else. Uh, definitely check it out. It's fucking really, really, really good. I also watched... Uh, I went on a Brian De Palma uh, phase this past weekend. It's just a phase. It's just a phase with Brian De Palma. Uh, 1987's The Untouchables. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Really? I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Chris, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? What one? The Untouchables. Yes, I've heard of it. Okay. I haven't seen it. It's a mob movie, right? It is a mob movie. It is about the... um, uh, What is the fucking... The Prohibition uh, with... Robert De Niro prizing the role of Al Capone, dude. Okay. Kevin Costner's in it. Andy Garcia's in it. Sean Connery's in it. Your favorite actor. He's great. With all of Sean Connery. His morals very much align with yeah. yours. Hey, shut up, bitch. Yeah. You know? That's yeah, my favorite quote of his. That's it, uh, yeah. Uh, sometimes you just have to do it. You just have to hit a woman. To Barbara Walter. You think it's good to slap a woman? No, I don't think it's good. You I don't think, think it's bad, it I don't think it's that bad. I think that it depends entirely on the circumstances and if it merits it. I'm going to cook some bathtub alcohol. Even before the hitting of the women line came up, like I really didn't know that about him. I never really liked Sean Connery as an actor. I was just like, oh, whatever. He's yeah, there. He's, he's, he's just a guy. He's mids, honestly. He's bond, and he's in Highlander. Right. Oh, right, right. Because yeah. it's Scottish and you need... And it, that's the only movie he like reprised... Like he wanted to be yeah. in like Highlander too. He's like, we need to get the Scottish culture out there. It's Scottish culture. Mm, he played right. like I'm a god, and I I'm sharing the screen with arguably one of the worst actors of all time. But there's a really cool sword. Yes, yes, yes. There's a sword, and you take the sword, but and you gay- stab a woman with it because she's just being manic and she won't, sh- you know, she's hysterical. There's no other option. He is at his best in this movie. He is. Charismatic and fucking great. What does he play? He plays a a, a <clears throat> not a dirty cop, but a, a cop that goes beyond the bounds of the law. Mm, yeah. Sometimes get, you just have to, to throw a weapon. You just have to plant some drugs on the body. You have to be a lethal weapon, if you will. Yes. So he's like an old <laughs> older cop, and Kevin Costner's coming in to like essentially shut down Al Capone in any way that he can. Get him on whatever the fuck he can find. And Sean Connery's like, all right, but you can't play by the rules, shunny boy. And he gets in and fucking raises hell, and they become the untouchables, dude. So he's a cop that basically just, like, 
to get Al Capone does some sketchy shit. Breaks bad. Yeah, it's Ooh. it's fucking cool, man. This is a great movie, and Brian De Palma fucking killed it. He's excellent. Damn, I'll check it out. Uh, the end sequence. Uh, a lot of people know this one based on the uh, the baseball bat scene with Robert De Niro. <laughs> I'd argue that the staircase scene is the best part of this movie. It is fucking great and the perfect Brian De Palma. The style in which he does, where it's like he's the, the special way that he edits films uh, with different frames and like you know very Ocean's Eleven like you know oh, shots cool. within shots and um, <clears throat> I highly recommend it, dude. It's such a such a such a great movie. Cinema four three sounds cool. Cinema four ah! three. Ah! Watch me get that motherfucking steel book. So there's a baseball bat scene and a staircase scene. I'll like, just keep that in is mind. It, is it hanging on a wall by chance? No, does uh, he shrink away? It's should. it's not Sean Connery. Shit, <laughs> shit. <laughs> trying to shut up a bit. I was oh. trying, <laughs> trying to trying to. Did put, he swing away? I was trying to. I was trying to put Sean Connery in shines. Uh, the movie shines. We've been getting shines in the water crops. Yeah, there's a bunch of. Cups of water. I would love a sign sequel called Shines. Yeah. (laughs) With Sean Connery. Yeah. Yeah. Shines. And it's called The Shining. (laughs) (laughs) Shines. So it has SH and SH at the end. Shines. Shines. But he plays Mel Gibson's character, I would assume, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I mean, he's dead as shit, but yeah. 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 But I mean, typecast him, the dad. I don't know. You could just CGI his face like fucking Indiana Jones 4. Or he's hitting a woman and then an alien. Mm-hmm. It like turns out it's an alien and not a woman. Yeah. Oh shit! You're immune to my punches, <laughs> right? <laughs> no woman has ever withstood these for this long. Oh, is that a cup of water? <laughs> <laughs> and then he waterboards an alien. Uh, another Brian De Palma joint is uh, 1980s Dress to Kill. Now nice. this is a Criterion joint. Mm. Uh, I bought this bad boy because I was just on a Brian De Palma kick. Decided to. Fucking nay. Let's pick this up. This is uh, starring Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Right back into more impressions. <laughs> sure. Uh, Nancy Allen of 80s fame. I don't okay. know. She was in a bunch of shit in the 80s. Angie Dickinson. But uh, it is Brian De Palma's psycho. Oh, okay. Wow. That's his psycho. It is literally, he's like, I'm going to make my own psycho movie, and this is what it is. So Michael Caine's in like a shower. And like someone comes in and it's like meep meep and he's like It's not Michael Caine. I'm showering. I it's very so, close to you. I'm right. shower. You're just doing well, your Sean Connery. I'm I'm right off the heels of that one. Give right, me a second. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Sir Michael Caine. I talk like this. And when I get sad, I get a little nasally. He's like less this. teethy than Yeah, you're doing. doing really old Michael All right, Caine. Can you guys show me how to do it? I'm Michael Caine. See? That's way better than yours. It's first of all, it's Sir. Michael Caine. Oh, I'm Sir Michael Caine. Sir Michael Caine. Get it right. He's been knighted. I literally said that, but all right. He didn't say Sir Michael Caine. Whatever. Don't gaslight him, dude. Yeah. I'm right here. Shut I, up, bitch. You didn't say that. <laughs> Shut up. Do I have to hit you again? No. Because you, there's no other option. It's true. That I'll hit true. you with a, a baseball bat. This was uh, like a five-star film for me, dude. It's fucking excellent. Wow. Better than Untouchables? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's an erotic thriller, so I think that's, right up your alley. that's got it going for me. Um, definitely going to root for that nine times out of yeah. ten. Is But, it, man, it like keeps you guessing. There is a sequence in the museum, ten minutes of just the camera telling the story, dude, 
no dialogue. Hell yeah. The music is at its fucking peak. Best fucking this dude. Just watch it just based for this sequence alone, dude. Just look up museum scene. Okay, just to I'm gonna kill. watch the movie. Yeah, I'd rather watch it in full. But yeah, I guess but I mean, saying. anyways, like if if you need to uh to get interested in like it's the best part of the movie and it's like ten minutes into it, it's excellent. Okay, uh. Check it out. Highly recommend Dress to Kill. It's in the Criterion Collection, BB. Nice. Criterion. Yeah, definitely Criterion check that joint. out. Uh, and then my last one, which was a Netflix original, which I was surprised that I really, really liked a lot. It's if you're into uh, Gone Girl, you know what I mean? In like mm. the same vein of Gone Girl, it's called Lost Girls. <laughs> oh, shit. Right. It's, it's, uh, they're girls, but they're not gone. They're just lost. Yeah, they're just lost. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a prequel to Gone Girls. Yeah, there's Lost Girls. They're not gone yet. Not yeah, gone yet. yeah. They're just they're lost, lost for mm-hmm. now. But it's uh, from 2020, and it is uh, it is based on an actual unsolved uh, murder case. Yeesh. But it's a not a documentary. It's like a, a movie. It is a movie. Okay. It is a movie. Uh, Thomas and McKenzie from uh, Jojo Rabbit is in there. Oh, cool. Um, I forget her name from The Office. Michael's love interest at the end. The Holly. Holly. Yeah, she is like the mom. Oh, you know, I've seen this suggested to me by Netflix. Dude, watch it. All right. It is a really, really solid thriller. Hardly know her. Uh, check it out. I I don't want to spoil anything about it. The director came from uh, a lot of those films in the same vein. Like she, I want to say she helped adapt uh, Gone Girl into. Uh, the the adapted screenplay i want to say she had a hand in it or she produced it or something but she's definitely involved in a lot of films like this and has produced other documentaries about missing women and shit same Uh, vibe women missing women missing (laughs) better than women talking you know what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) i would agree (laughs) as sean connery i'd have to agree oh that was michael Caine, dude shit (laughs) i don't know shit i don't know who i am anymore i have alzheimer's i'm sure michael connery uh, <laughs> That's the, nice. new, the new character is Sir, Sir Michael, Michael Connery. I'm sure it's just a fusion of whatever. He's Cockney it's, and it's Scottish. Mi- it's Sir Michael Caine and Sean Connery doing the fusion dance. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit out some water from that. Picturing it. Hell yeah. Come on, Michael. Shink it up. You can do it. <laughs> Sean Connery hits it hard, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he like knocks over Michael Caine. Yeah. yeah. You can't hit it that hard, Michael Caine. <laughs> See, I can hit. Don't be a bitch. Shut up. Put, put <laughs> Shut your, up. Put your back into it, Michael. <laughs> He's like, I'm, oh, I'm trying. It's terrible. <laughs> At least I swing, motherfuckers. Anyways, that was the movie you were talking about. I was done. Cool. <laughs> You're just rambling. <laughs> <laughs> Try and make this a comedy podcast. All right, so 2001 Space Odyssey. Should we get into it? Let's get into it, BB. Yeah. All right. So I just want to put a disclaimer up front on this one. This movie sucks. <laughs> I've got like four pages of notes, and I think at the you risk just... of being unfunny for like two hours, instead, you're just going to get to some of them, and then maybe you just upload that as a notes on Patreon. Yeah. Or, sure. or, or, uh, let's just see where we go. Let's just, let's that, get into it. Maybe I, yeah. let's go get into run it. them at the end. Yeah. Let's get into it, fellas. So, uh, yeah, this uh, the, this is this movie. If I were to sum it up, the best I could is it's the only movie at the scale to sum up the past, present, and potential future of mankind. And I think that's why it's the greatest sci-fi film and arguably the greatest film of all time. It's it covers humanity. 
from the beginning to its potential future. You did just talk about Spice World, but yeah, <laughs> All right. I mean it's an alien movie. It's that's what my letterbox looks like. It's like Spice World, and then right after five stars for two thousand one Space Odyssey. Um, but uh, you know they're both alien movies, so whatever. Same uh, thing. Yeah, even though you never see the aliens in this, which is a deliberate choice. Um, but they experimented a lot with like hundreds of different concepts. So the monoliths are just tools, then. Yeah, you they're can, beacons, if you will. They are beacons. Um, like in the dawn, like the markers for Mass Effect. They're like Roger Beacons. You exactly. could argue that. Yeah, dude. What if Roger Deacons did 2001? What dude, if he was that a would cinematographer? Be insane. That would be nuts. I mean, uh, you, arguably, it's perfect as it is. Yeah. Like, it's still like even with the miniature models, the lighting still looks perfectly correct. Yeah, like it's insane. Dude. But like, but like, never recreate this. You know what I'm saying? No, never, no, never, never, ever recreate this. The sequel is like mids as fuck. It's a good movie. It's just nothing but, like. This. No, no, and th- this movie stands the test of time. It's still it, in the craziest way imaginable. Yeah. I still cannot comprehend that this is done without CGI. 1968. It's all miniatures and and just in camera matte paintings and photography. That is fucking insane. It's the craziest shit imaginable. Yeah, and front projection, rear projection, every little monitor you see on sets, like every little thing, those are all 16 millimeter projectors for every tiny little screen. They don't have little screens to yeah. do, those are projectors. You know what what really gets me, dude? Like, oh, I just got it this time. What? The the little like diamond shapes. Uh-huh. Each side of those is the screen. Those are also a projector. Fuck. God. They they did a slit scan thing and projected each side onto those little floating you, Do diamonds. you notice that? What diamond shapes are you talking so about? So the, the diamond the, shapes that are on like the landscape that's going. During, oh, right, right, the, right, right, right. The during Stargate the wormhole scene. scene yeah. So like there are like, I think, six diamonds in total. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. But each side of it is the beginning of the scene. Fucking Projected fuck. slit scan. All that's that slit scan. wild. Yeah. I was like, what? Wait, what the fuck? No, I mean, if you were to see this in 1968 and that particular scene, I would be like, I am beyond. You could give me a million years on Earth and I wouldn't recreate that. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, there are directors that, like, uh, James Cameron was like, I saw this movie 16 times in the theater. And at one of them, somebody during the Stargate scene was like, I am God and started started like with his arms out walking into the screen. Dude. Yeah. All right, well, they're got, just fucked up. He got tackled <laughs> by security. Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. That story. Yeah. But well, that became it's interesting because when it when the movie came out, it wasn't mm. well received by critics and um, the, the, AKA wrong people. Yeah. And it actually wasn't doing very well financially. They almost pulled it from the theaters, but it started to get a resurgence in tickets because of young people. Doing the ultimate LS- trip. Yeah, doing LSD and sitting at the bottom of the theater during the Stargate scene. So That would st- simply be too much for me. Yeah, yeah. I could not do that. Yeah. Well, just picture it. In 1968, yeah, but let me finish this other thought. They, Because they knew that, they were like, well, people are just dropping acid and going to 2001. All the branding changed. Yeah. They started doing marketing and posters like the ultimate trip and fucking... Fuck yeah. One of them just says, drop el- drop acid and come here. Like, Yeah. Not, but... uh. The uh, yeah, in 1968, we hadn't even been to the fucking moon yet. They worked with, I mean, the VFX artist and supervisor Douglas Trumbull, Turnbull, Trumbull, I Trumbull. think that's right. Uh, I mean, him and Arthur C. Clarke had a direct contact with NASA. Who wrote 2001? By the way, he wrote a short story, the the Sentinel, which would they base 2001? They wrote the novel. They wrote the novel and the screenplay in, in con- conjunction. In conjunction, yeah. right, right, right. So. It's it was collaborative, but and then he also wrote twenty ten. 
Correct. He continued the series. Yeah. There's four more books, actually. Four? Four? There's 2010, no, 2079, and 3001. The hell? Really? Yeah. I only knew about 2010. Have you read the that. others? No. I, I own two of them. I need to get 3001. I am going to read them because the book itself is actually way more literal. It's interesting because the, a lot of the exposition in the book that tells you exactly what's happening is just removed and left open to interpretation because Kubrick's a fucking genius. Well, yeah. I mean, the way it is presented in 2001 is like, it's like, opt, it's optimal. It's it's art Yeah, is what yeah. it is. I mean, it's... To, to, Obviously, any other person's going to make it very literal, mm-hmm. especially for the time. You know what I mean? Like, who's going to make this really ethereal space film that's actually science fiction and not science fantasy? You know, mm-hmm. like at the time, they're right. making movies about the giant women of space. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Shit like that. The squid where, monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Kubrick comes out with like literally the greatest film ever of all fucking time. Ch- he changed the genre. Yeah. Completely. Then Blade Runner Influenced happened, then- every good director and bad director, like every single fucking filmmaker, Spielberg, Scorsese, Cameron. Going forward. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it was like all their favorite. It's Christopher Nolan's favorite movie. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Which makes sense when you look at uh, Interstellar, <laughs> Interstellar, but also uh, uh, Inception, the whole turning set. Oh shit, yeah. Th- that was that makes the, total sense. That you know, like it's well, basically a fucking Ferris wheel in this movie that they do. What Chris Nolan said, I pretty sure it was Chris Nolan. Yeah, he said this in an interview uh, talking about two thousand one. He's like. For the limitations of the time, Chris or uh, Stanley Kubrick would not have made it any different today. He, yeah, I and, believe that. And That's he was like, "It's not that he did it uh, the hard way; he did it the right way." And yeah. I was like, "Not like you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> fucking shit, you're smart." <laughs> I fucking nutted when he said that. Yeah. It's not the hard way; it's the right way. He supervised the film. transfer for uh, IMAX. So it wasn't what, what he said. It was the unrestoration of 2001. He said that whenever he restored it, quote unquote, it was the chemical transfer that was from the original print of 2001 with the original mastering presented in on a projector from 1968. Insane. It was presented in the exact way it was seen in 1968. And that's what he wanted to do. That's amazing. I love that. But like, I highly recommend looking up any making of documentaries but there's specifically a series i watched to refresh my memory on all this insane shit uh it's a you did watch it again though right of course okay with commentary this time but nice i'd never watched it with commentary with uh, the actors that played dave bowman and uh, frank Poole. are there different i assume there's different commentary tracks for different editions and stuff like that actually this is the only one i found oh i i I opened up my all my versions and looked but i googled it and to see like what commentary ones uh are available i didn't look that hard to be honest but um the t- this one was recorded in 2007 um for you know a r- the blu-ray release of the movie should have mm-hmm. done it in 2001 <laughs> yeah they really uh, fucked that up yeah they should have arguably blu-ray. some crazy shit that happened you but- argue- oh shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh wait don't do it then anyways i will re- I rewatched it with the commentary track from the actors and it has a lot of good bits <clears throat> but go- honestly you can just go watch this series uh by Cinema Tyler on YouTube. It's a seven-part series, each like 30 minutes. I know that's like a lot, but if you love this movie, he does a deep dive on every BTS, every article, every interview, and he can he basically just lays it all out for you. Yeah. From Dude, beginning he- of end of the movie, he lays out how it was done. And it's mind-blowing. It's movie, this is, movies are hard, 
at the, the very final boss. Top. This yeah. is final. Yeah, this is when you walk. Movies in, are fucking hard, yeah. man. This is fucking Lord of Cinder plays in the background while you watch this. Yeah, if you walk in, if you walk into the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Science Museum and to the 2001 exhibit, hypothetical, you hear a health bar. Yeah, you hear, you see a health bar. You see, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> you hear boss music. You see a health bar. There you go. But and like like John Lennon said, like this should be on a loop in every movie theater forever. You know what is like an urban myth? I don't know if it's real, but he bought two tickets to 2001 for the entire, like a year, like it's theatrical run or something, Mm -hmm. forever. He didn't go each time, but apparently if you walked up to the ticket booth and said, you know, I don't have money or whatever, are there two reserved tickets for 2001? You could see it for free, and that's John Lennon's sick. And John, Lennon, John Lennon's dime. Yeah, apparently funded that. I don't know if that's real, but that's like a urban legend that he believed in this movie so much that uh, if he, that is real, that's fucking hard. I bet shit. he was like, "Hey guys, imagine." <laughs> cuts to doof, doof, doof. cuts to all the, <laughs> cuts to all those people singing it. Um, the, yeah. Imagine all the and Yoko yeah. Ono singing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, Chuck Berry, she's like, doing that during the Stargates. <laughs> fucking dumb bitch. Shut up, bitch. My favorite one is when his Connery. eyes just go completely wide. He's like, <laughs> dude, he, and, dude. Yeah, that's a great piece of music history when she Jesus. comes on to sing with John Lennon and Barry, and he's just like, the fuck, what bro? the fucking hell? What? We oh, were God. making music a second ago. Johnny be bad. She's actually. like the ultimate Yoko, dude. <laughs> you and, could argue that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But goddamn, where do we begin? I mean, starting at the dawn of man. Uh, <laughs> where do we begin? I don't know. I guess, I guess the, the dawn, dawn of man. man. <laughs> but that's that's the crazy part of this movie is like that's where we it's begin. It's literally yeah. the beginning is the beginning. Yeah. Like Alexa, stop. Um, hot take. I was watching this thinking about editing, and if you really wanted to cut twenty minutes off of it, I know it has a lot of exposition and character development for humankind and the monkey. Yeah, but you chop off as soon as he discovers the tool. You can you from there until I, he throws it into the fucking air. Yes, right, right, right. Well, okay. I was just this is like a hot take that I would never do, but you could remove the whole Donna Man scene and just start it as we found something on the moon, and then it goes into Jupiter. Yeah, I, I guess. guess you could do that, but the gr- I don't think the it, gravity of of course everything not. the iconography you know I mean? of course yeah. not. Yeah, I'm not saying. You Chris, should. what the hell are you saying? Uh, but I was just <laughs> thinking about it. If if somebody mandated you cut 30 minutes off of this movie, that would be easy mode to take that off. Yeah. But you would never. You it's, lose. It has the most iconic, like one of the most iconic yeah. scenes of all. The most parodied scene of all of cinema yeah. or all of pop culture history. Like one of the first memes. Yeah, yeah. literally. Um, but uh, the, the front, this is an interesting fact. All that was done with front plate projection. You know, the sets, the foreground, the, all the background are still images. And all right. those opening shots of Africa are actually only still images. Those are the only things shot by a B team. That was a still photographer in Africa. And because he didn't fly, he had a fear of flying. Everybody knows that. But another fun fact, he has a fear of flying because he got a pilot's license, saw all the things that could go wrong, and was like, I'm never fucking flying. Yeah, I mean, yeah for a man that's obsessed with perfection. Yeah. Yeah. Why like, would you accept totally any alternative? Yeah. yeah. Totally understandable. And he's like, so you guys are just winging it? 
literally, literally, literally winging it. <laughs> literally winging it. Do, do what are you doing the gritty into in the dawn of man? Yeah. What if he touched the monolith and started doing the gritty? Dude, that would <laughs> go so hard. That's what the aliens wanted to communicate. That's the peak to of us. mankind. <laughs> yeah. He's literally doing the gritty. He put on an Apple Vision Pro and jerked off <laughs> <laughs> to the Richard Strauss theme, just fucking <laughs> hitting the gritty and bum bum bum. Bum, bum. I used to walk up to the timpani in the band hall and just go, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody just like, yeah, we get it. Yeah, okay. Like that thing. Um, but the front plate projection, all those were still images. And to compose those, he had a photographer in Africa and he would talk to them on the phone. And they had already sent him scout photos. And they both had matching grids, like battleship, like one Jesus through ten, Christ. like A through Z. Hell yeah. And so he had like a wide shot of like what he wanted to shoot. He was like, all right, start the frame at one C to, you know, four D or whatever. Fucking and yeah. that would like basically playing like cinematography battleship to tell them how to frame up those backplates. Jesus Christ. The, this goes way deeper than we can ever get. Like every telegram he ever sent, every Conspiracy like, theory, Chris. Dude. This goes way deeper <laughs> than you ever... I'm like the guy in It's So We Sunny, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like with the chalkboard behind it. Like, no, it's Kubrick, that's fucking insane. He had weaponized autism for sure. Yeah, no, he was... He, but he had a 200 plus IQ. He's a literal, that. A literal genius. Yeah. Chess master, fucking obviously the most... I mean, Perf- he could edge with his mind. <laughs> he could, he could no hands. He could hands free come. He could one pump come. We get one pull nut all yeah. over this movie, dude. David Bowman on the commentary is like, I've seen him do it <laughs> on the set. I was in the centrifuge spinning, and he was like, everybody, watch this. <laughs> He one pull nutted back to back. It was the yeah. craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. He used it to get propulsion in space. <laughs> he launched him back. Yeah, he's a, he's a method director, so he went to space to get that. Yeah. But he doesn't fly, but he does go to space. But that's the craziest shit. He walked there when you put this in, <laughs> when you put this into perspective that it was 1968, and we didn't even have a picture of Earth yet. We didn't have a picture of Earth from space. That came a few years later. Every Damn. every picture they had of Earth was like of some weird composition of satellites mm. or black and white photos. The first one came like a year later, taken by a human, like 1971 or 1968, the year this movie came out, Jesus is Christ. when we actually got our first Earth. And the craziest thing is they had to estimate and guess based on data and exposures and like what would it look like It was space. a composite, yeah. Sort of. But they they experimented using like a radial like they took a you know a shot of it of their animation their their cutout at every f stop and then they just compared them and then they were like right about there wow that's the exposure right that they wanted so they did it and it apparently is slightly darker and Kubrick was like I'm happy with that huh he was like Shit. he was like close enough. Wow. Rare. Given that he... He's a perfectionist for everything else. But, like, given that he basically composed this movie that looks like it's real before yeah. we had even been to space. You know what's got to be insulting? He's like, take the W, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to be insulting from his perspective that people were saying that, like, the actual moon landing footage was directed by Kubrick because he's like, I would make it look way better than that, <laughs> yeah. first of all. Yeah. yeah. I would frame that way better, yeah. you dumb fuck. Yeah. People think they use front plate projection, the same technology in 2001 to fake the moon landing, but that's uh, that's silly. Go watch Film Worker. Yeah, they use dinner plate projection. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, another interesting thing, basically, the cinematographer on this, he won a BAFTA, <clears throat> and but he said he was like, this was pointless for me to be there. <laughs> Because it was all Kubrick, right? He was like, he was like, I really, 
I wasn't. I did what he told me. Yeah, yeah. I I wasn't really doing. He won a BAFTA, but he he literally like said he, it wasn't a good experience working but with Kubrick. Honestly, dude, like the first hour of this movie has all of my favorite shots. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah, it is the Donovan beyond scene. iconic. Yeah, you think so? Up until the the waltz, yeah, yeah. Not up until, but like but including during, the waltz, yeah. yeah. Up until I guess they get into the uh, the first uh, Pan Am flight. Okay, like all of my favorite shots are. Yeah. before that the red the hallway with the red chairs and stuff like that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i mean i mean fuck every fucking shot yeah man. i mean yeah of course every I shot just, is fucking th- incredible this is the most kubrick looking film of all his films in my opinion yeah if that makes any sense it probably yeah um, i mean to be honest it's been too long since i've seen barry linden but i think that <laughs> might fine. right right narratively i could give a fuck yeah but visually i know it's probably like his like top three most well regarded yeah uh, of course we're, we're talking about how like this this influenced every good director going forward forever, mm-hmm. especially directors that like make their own space movie. Like they're all intending like, all right, this is my 2001, you know, obviously yeah. interstellar is Christopher Nolan's 2001. And, he, and he's like, yeah, you don't just stand toe to toe with 2001. You just can't do that. You do your own thing. Um, yeah. Alfonso Coran, who did uh, gravity, which is, you know, a decent movie, not my favorite, but still a really good space. It's movie. Fine. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's definitely practical or not practical. Dude, it's 90% CG. No, 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 not practical, is uh, accurate, space accurate. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Uh, but he didn't look at a single frame, what? I was just thinking about... like The I part watched, where she lets go and he just drifts away. No, I watched a VFX artist react thing about how they broke down, like, most of... Even when you're seeing Sandra Bullock and George Clooney, they're 3D models. Yeah, they're not, like, next to each other at all. Yeah, it's oh, wild. Fuck. It's It's just... I don't, it's, I, I, it might I, as well have been animated, that movie. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that movie, but... Alfonso Cuaron is a good director. I'm yeah, not yeah. Saying anything, but anyways, he was talking about. Uh, I think it's shot well. I think they do some really great things in, with cinematography. Cinema categorically. Cinema categorically. Categorically. Yeah. The director of photography, cinema, was great. Photography um, director. Photography director. Exactly. Uh, he said he didn't look at a single frame of two thousand one in preparation for Gravity. He said it's like taking a shower next to Rocco Sofredi. Okay, good metaphor. <laughs> and you got a big fucking laugh from the crowd, but it, it's, it's like true. taking a shower next to Mandingo. Yeah. <laughs> Which I would never do. Yeah. You know Rockets Freddy is, right? I assume he's got a big dick. He's a porn he's star. He's a porn star, yeah. yeah. I actually learned about him from a Zach Wilde Guitar World interview. Oh, really? Because he was like, he like the interview was like, you just went to rehab, didn't you? He's like, yeah, I just jerked off to Rockets of Freddy porn. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? And so you Googled that name. and then, I did. There you go. Uh... But yeah, I mean, he was like, there's no fucking competing with that. Like, you just can't do it. And he's like, I couldn't, in good conscience, make a space movie with that looming over my fucking head. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't put that in your, like, zeitgeist of influence if you're trying to make a movie. Space movie. But yeah. um, And uh, how every director doesn't go back to space. It's like, they'll make a space movie and then they... And then that's that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I've heard that. They're like, that was hard. I'm not going to do that to myself again. Three rules of filmmaking. Don't work with kids. Don't work with animals. Don't go to space. Fair. Is that an actual thing? The first two, I added one as a bit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The joke is funny. You know you made a good joke when you have to explain it. Right. Well, I'm genuinely curious. I'm like, was that a joke? The first two are real, though. Yeah. I mean, it's a joke in film. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I fucking have a million notes. Should I just keep going? Um, can I give you wrong people really quick? Sure. I'd love to get into wrong people because I, people are wrong. I'm just going to assume you guys let me do all the research on this one. Honestly, yeah. You, I mean, I'm, oh, I'm no, you definitely you, have done shit. Never mind. Yeah, I'm giving you quotes and stuff. Yeah, my bad. Jerk. Yeah. 
I didn't mean it like that. You fucking jerk. I didn't mean it like that. No, it was literally like Chris will want to take the reins. No, on no, no. I, I didn't. I definitely didn't do like a whole deep dive. I I pulled things that I didn't think you would pull, like okay. quotes from other directors. Yeah, yeah. No, you're doing <clears> good. I, uh, I wasn't trying to. I got you. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. I'll edit it out as future Chris as an editor. I don't know. Can we get to some wrong people really quick? Let's do it. All right, wrong people. Joe Morgenstern from Newsweek. Morgenstern. Morgenstein. A whimsical space operetta that fanatically inflates itself again for a surreal climax in which the imagery is just obscure enough to be annoying, just precise enough to be banal. So is this a review that came out when it came out? This is from 2018. What? <laughs> well, that's why... I mean, it still holds up, but like every review, which by the way, it wasn't critically acclaimed, but every review from 1968 should be, I'm shitting out my eyes. Yeah. yeah. That's what it should yeah. be. Like I pissed, started, came and fucking puked all at the same time because I don't understand what I just fucking saw or how they did it. Yeah. But this is 2018. This guy's like, it's, been, it's boring. And it's just Iron Man 2 had a way be better annoying. villain. Dude. I would love to look up what he gave five stars. You know what I mean? Oh, probably Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, <laughs> Stanley Kaufman of the New Republic, dude. He's a top critic, by the way. Oh, shit. A top critic. A top critic. It's for, more like a sloppy top critic. <laughs> for Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> high marks for Kubrick, the special effects man. Oh, high marks for Kubrick, the special effects man. He's not giving Kubrick the, the high marks. If that makes sense. Okay, go ahead. Keep All right. But where was Kubrick the director? Oh, my fucking God. Okay. I hate when critics try to be like their idea of profound or like well-spoken because it's like just no, like what the fucking, no one cares like, what, what you think. Look up he, what he, as a writer is like, what if I say it backwards? Yeah. <laughs> what if I just say the contradictory thing? Because yeah. I mean, if you do 10 seconds of research, and you see, like, even, like, the most minimal thing that Kubrick did for this movie, it's, like, he had to invent things to execute this movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, him and a bunch of other people, obviously, there's tons of people involved. You know what's crazy is that not a single actor <clears throat> gives a sh Like, there's not a single great acting performance in this movie. Well, th that's... Okay. Bo I, I Bowman's good. about that, but yeah. Bowman's good, but, like, there's, not, there's no pro prolific actor elevating the material here. Well, it is sure. all... Kubrick. Yes, sure. yes, but it's also he didn't want to make it about the human characters. He wanted to make it about humanity. Yeah. So they were forgettable. A lot of people on said on purpose, right? In a way, but he casted unknown people on purpose. He casted them for their stoicism, and that was what NASA astronauts are required to be. Right. No fear, no, you know, not emotion getting in the Analytical way. Analytical people. Kind of like computers. There's a theme there. But then Hal was the biggest takeaway from this movie. Everybody was like, my favorite character was Hal and he was a computer. But he was the one that was like, you know, he had the most personality. He yeah. he was the cause of every turning plot point. He's like the actual character yeah, of he's the a, movie. He's the right. crux of the film. Yeah. So yeah, that's <clears throat> why he's the most interesting character. He's flawed and he's, but, but um, yeah, I think they still did good for what they oh, were. Yeah, the, the, they did as directed. But it's not, performance base is what I'm saying. Yes. You you have movies like Casino and shit like that where it's like sure. Robert De Niro is elevating the fuck out of this script. Yeah. And it's because of an acting performance here or there. This doesn't have that. Yeah, That's it's not true. a character study Granted, at all. Granted, Hal, the actor that played Hal, 
fucking wow. He Dude, was great. Yeah. And he was casted way late. They didn't even hear the... He did that all in post-production, by the way. It's fucking sick. Only was on the film... For, he only worked nine hours on the film. Jesus. What the fuck? He, re- he recorded for one day. Oh, my God. What um, a baller day. Yeah, he had he had a bunch <clears throat> of people... Change the fucking world in one day. Jesus. Yeah. He almost did uh, casted the guy from Psycho, the one that falls down the stairs. Really? That's oh, wow. the voice of Hal. And then he casted somebody else who was too British, casted somebody else who was too this, that. And then he ended up on set having the first AD just read all the lines. And wow. the first AD apparently sounded like Sir Michael Caine. Like, even in the commentary, they compare him to Sir Michael Caine. Oh, wow. so they So he was just like, I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Like in the fucking, they're like, nah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> and then they just replaced it all later. The size of a tangerine says that. Yeah. So the actual vocal performance of the actor that plays Hal is it not supposed to be like a masculine and feminine inflection inflection on on the voice? Um, I don't, I didn't see that in any of the behind the scenes stuff, but it was also almost a female mm. named Athena. Do you know what's named Hal? Why it's named Hal? Yeah. Um, hero, hero, heroistic, algorithmic computer. Hold on, I, I have it written down somewhere. I don't know. Stands for. I think it just likes the name Hal. Yeah, heroistic algorithmic computer. Well, at the time, IBM was the computer that they were. Oh, right, right, Referencing right. Arthur C. Clarke said that Hal is uh, the letters before I, B, and M. Yeah, that's a coincidence. That's a mistake. But Arthur C. Clarke said it. No, no, no. He didn't say it. He's actually quoted contradicting that myth. Oh, okay. He oh, says wow. that was a coincidence. It stands for heuristic algorithmic computer. IBM is actually a sponsor. A lot of companies worked with Kubrick to make technology for the movie. IBM. Uh, what's the other one? The big one. The General Electric. NASA. Sure. A lot of appliance companies helped. You can see IBM on Dave's wrist when mm-hmm. like there's logos of IBM, mm-hmm. and also. There's letters to IBM, like telegraphs to IBM from Kubrick being like, hey, are they aware this is about a psychotic computer? (laughs) I don't want them to be misled. And he's just like, because they were consulting. Oh, it's clear. (laughs) Yeah, because he was like consulting and stuff on it, but they were happy with the outcome of the film. It wasn't like one letter off because if IBM was supposed to be the motive there, they would have just called it IBM. Right. That's also where the Daisy song comes from, though, is the first IBM computer. Correct. That's the motive. The first IBM computer, the first singing computer was an IBM singing Daisy Bell. So HAL is an analog for IBM, but IBM also exists in this universe, and it's also a coincidence that the letters are matched up that way. Yeah. Okay. And maybe there, it's like a reverse PR campaign. Yeah. Maybe it's like they did. They planted some <clears throat> evidence. Sure, maybe sure. they did do it planted one story. thing away, and then everybody caught it. And, and he's the, like, try to backtrack. Like, no, may- no, 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 no. Maybe, but that's one of those like, Factoids. That gets the only reason out. I thought that was true was because of the the Daisy song, because that was the song that they taught the original IBM computer to sing. Right. Which is makes the the fact that they use that song in the death of of it's how fucking brutal. That makes it like oh he's reverting back to like the first computer. Like oh fuck yeah, dude. And even like it's like disintegrating. He's like I'm half crazy. Yeah, and it's just. It's the motif of that whole song. Is- Dude, him going... I mean, the most, like... Okay, there are two moments in the movie specifically that give me, like, the goosebumps of all goosebumps, and that's Hal going, I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave, mm-hmm. and Hal going, I'm afraid. I'm those, afraid, Dave. Dude, those... He arguably shows the only emotion in the film besides, yeah. like, anger yes. and, like, tension from Dave. Mm-hmm. Also, the the 
the uh, primates, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. show anger. Yeah, yeah. They and fear. Yeah, I'd say impulse. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, one more wrong person. Stephen yeah. Hunter, of the Washington Post, another top critic. Mm. Now, seen in the actual 2001, he wrote this in 2001. Oh shit! Which oh is, fuck! He fucking brought it back. It's a less visionary masterpiece than a crackpot, Looney Tune, pretentious, abysmally slow, amateurishly acted and above all wrong, dude. What? This guy didn't predict webcams, space travel. <laughs> this guy didn't predict shit. He didn't, They're still he didn't, using cassette tapes? He didn't recreate uh, like all the space mm. photography before we'd ever been to space? And I have to do one more wrong person. What a fucking asshole. To <laughs> yeah, be like, for he real. Didn't, he the didn't Washington guess. Post, by the way. This, he, that was like a couple years after his death, too. Yeah, like, two years. Yeah. He died in 99. So two years after, he's like, you know what I need to do right now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck this shit asshole. On, shit on the most prolific sci-fi film of all time. What a fucking dummy. Can I do one? Sure. All right. Someone explained to me why 2001 A Space Odyssey isn't terrible. I've never seen this movie before. I constantly hear <laughs> how Kubrick is a genius and how 2001 is a masterpiece. I thought it was terribly boring and a waste and a half of, a waste of two and a half hours of my life. Edit. So after reading everybody's responses, here's mine. <laughs> no, I wasn't confused. I get the movie and what it's getting at. I just don't like it at all. God. Just the grand scope of humanity and yeah, yeah. and the potential of extraterrestrial life. See, so, I, I understand the perspective of someone who doesn't like a movie because they think people say they like it out of pretension. This is Citizen not a, Kane. Sure, this is yeah. not, David Lynch. This is not an example of that. No, no. You this is a masterpiece. You can't watch this and be like. That fucking sucks, dude. I, I even am a person that doesn't particularly care for shots that are very long in a movie. But in this instance, it works because it gives you context to what's fucking happening. I, I have to give a shout out to my friend uh, Tabitha. She said, um, uh, I tried to watch that monkey movie you like. She's like, dude, I got bored. Dude, I think that's the biggest hurdle for people that want to watch this movie is the the dawn of man well it's 28 minutes of no dialogue yeah it opens with five minutes of overture (laughs) like i guess is my tv broken it's just playing an orchestra for a minute to illustrate the horror of space but also if you can't chill out for five minutes yeah that's literally all it's asking can you chill out it's only three minutes if you can't chill out for three minutes yeah i don't i don't blame i don't blame some people for if it's just not their bag but that's not my bag, baby. But uh, <laughs> so what were you gonna say? A great movie, a great, great movie. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say like I, uh, okay. The last time I saw it was on seventy millimeter. I didn't want to like damage that screening at all. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to rewatch it all the way through. I wanted to skim some scenes to kind of get an idea. You know, like come in here with a good grasp on it. Gotcha. So whenever I started it this time. <clears throat> I didn't fucking move. I fucking I sat there for yeah. two and a half hours just like, holy shit. Because like there is not a single part that I want to skip in this movie. No. You it's, know what I mean? It's just like pure cinematic. I d- I fully I intended know, to skip around and like and, and you were dialed in. I was dialed the yeah. fuck in, dude. Cause when you when you start to understand uh, it's it's much honestly, it's better on a rewatch. 
Because, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because when you go, like, the first mystery, it is slow. You're just like, what is going on? Right. It's just shit floating in space for, like, a lot. Right. And then and, you see the monolith, and you're like, okay. Yeah, you like, don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, it's, right. it's completely mysterious. But on a rewatch, you can see what the filmmakers are trying, or filmmaker... I mean, it's a bunch of people. They're, they're trying to. <laughs> the director tell is you. the only one that does anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can see what they're trying to tell you simply by showing you. Now, right. there's a great quote I wrote down from Kubrick that I, I love so much. It basically talks about showing and not telling. He's like, um, he's, he's he did a, an interview. He talks about exposition and through dialogue. One of his well. few interviews, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But his it, it ended with him saying, "But if you can get people to the point where they have to think a moment." what it is you're getting at and then discover it the thrill of discovery goes right through the heart oh it's so, like a it's like a game puzzle but in movie form it's where like, you get that and, fucking dopamine hit yeah you go oh i just figured out what he's trying to tell me from yeah. a camera angle or yeah. he's focusing why is he focusing and not on dialogue this? and yeah. not exposition yeah. and that that's what leads me to the only blemish on the movie in my opinion is so there's the shot of uh, Dave and the other dude talking in the pod, and it shows it shows Hal, and then it shows Hal's perspective looking at their lips. Yeah, reading. and that's a perfect like visual storytelling thing. And then when Dave gets back, Hal goes, "I was reading your lips, you know." If he just left that out, Hal explaining that he read his lips, that's that's like the only thing that I'm like I could. Dick that out. I, I think that it's out. fair considering he's locked out in space, and he's like, "Why are you locking me out?" And he's like. I know why you were te- you were going to turn me off. I guess, like, but but he's, he's like already divulging. telegraphed that if you trust the viewer enough to get all these everything else abstract as fuck concepts through this long movie. Yeah, I think it's fair. I right. totally gloss over like it doesn't bother me. I get you. At all. I get you. But but I understand what you're saying. Fun fact about the reading the lips thing that was actually uh, Frank <clears throat> Poole's idea. The guy that plays one of the astronauts. Quick correction on the the lip reading thing. The, it, Frank Poole, Kubrick, and then Victor Linden, an associate producer, was like, how about he reads the lips? That's what it was. It wasn't uh, Frank Poole. Frank Poole was like, like he needs to turn on He was just saying, way. like, this needs to be oh, different. Okay, yeah. okay. And so it was Victor Linden, an associate producer, who he came up with the lip reading. instigated the change. All right. Anyways. Historian Chris. Had to correct myself. I what wasn't, was, wasn't going to be fucking comment warriored by some dweeb and be like, actually, actually. You're like, I know more than you. <laughs> So he got in an argument with Kubrick. He's like, I don't like where this scene is going. It seems weird that I'm doing this, doing that. He's like, and he eventually, Hal eventually turned on him in a different way. And I don't know, it's nearly just the script, but they rewrote it. Frank walked off set one day, like storm, like got in a fight with Kubrick. He's like, this is, you know, whatever. And he assumed he was fired. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and then Kubrick called him to his room, made him vodka and was like, you want to listen to some records? Let's talk about the movie. And like came to like down to earth with him. And it's like, if you have any ideas, just let me know. Frank left and later that night called Kubrick and he was like, what if he um, reads our lips and discovers that we're, um, you know, going to disconnect him? Like we hide from Hal and yeah. he reads our lips. And then Arthur C. Clarke protested. He was like, I, this is the one thing I don't like. And he protested it for a long time until a real technical advancement happened with IBM <laughs> where they were working on speech <clears throat> recognition from lip reading. And Arthur C. Clarke was like, all right. All right. <laughs> He's like, oh, it shit. is now officially science <laughs> yeah. fiction. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. yeah, it's so he they, he came around on that. Wow. But uh, yeah, that was that was his idea. I th- I think that's like one of the best parts of the movie is like to because it's not 
it shows his intelligence, and you're like, oh, this is next level. It shows it, and l- like you said, it, it, it dismisses it a little bit whenever he says, I was reading your lips. But when you realize that he is reading their lips, like, oh, it shit. is one of the best discoveries of the fucking movie. It's such a, it's like, haunting as shit. It's such a goosebumps-inducing, like, sinister, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, and just and then the intermission, you're like, oh, perfect shit. spot yeah, for dude, the intermission. Dude, oh my god, Carly. Whenever we're watching this, uh, as soon as because she didn't want to see this movie. By the way, what? she was yeah. No, she, she didn't want to see this. She movie. didn't go to your 70 millimeter screening, right? No, she did. Oh, that's right, because the other movie was sold out. Yeah, she she like so she accidentally saw the greatest <laughs> movie of all in time. 70 millimeter. In 70 millimeter, she's like, I don't want to fucking see this. I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry, but this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, she saw it, but. I know she got into it because as soon as the intermission, she's she's like that motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's that, and then the shot of the eye. Dude, yeah, it yes. just tells you everything. Which, by the way, that's the same shot of the eye the whole movie. Every close up, fuck yeah, same shot. Just the lens with the and red the light behind it, it. Dude, the 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 fucking sound design there. I don't know if it's sound design, but like just, just as it creeps yeah, in, the yeah, ksh, ksh, yeah, like oh fuck, like you need that. If it was just a plane, you know. Just room noise. It would be one thing. The pods, but like as it as it fucking snap zooms in. Oh, yeah. And the next next cut is him going through space, dude. Oh my god, haunting. And that makes you go, oh no no no, like fuck. And then you're just hearing breathing, and then like the just the the sound of the helmet noise. You're hearing nothing when he's floating. But then yeah, the breathing later when he's like yeah, it's just the motif of that. Jesus. Which is Kubrick, by the way. Oh, that's sick. Really? That's the only. That's the only time he's in the movie. It's uh, he's breathing with, with the exception of a reflection on the moon. Mm. Uh, but there's a handheld shot on the moon. You can see Kubrick. Oh, but, cool. But he's in. He supplied all the breathing soundtrack for the film. Okay, I need to test you on something. What was the first shot? The shot f- filmed or the shot? first shot? Shot? The, yeah. Um. It was. Hold on. It was on the moon, I believe. I believe it was. Hold on, I I saw it in the documentary just a second ago. Fuck. Unlocking his Jimmy Neutron autism. Think, think. Oh, it was uh, <laughs> it was the ink blots in New Fuck York. Yeah, it was the ink blots baby. in New York. Yeah. So the the, the galaxy is exploding at the end, like all those weird morphing sure. blots. That was in New York. He was shooting those in a dark room in New York, and just shit. like just oils and shit. Yeah, cool. experimenting. I'm sweating, bro. Yeah, I, I have to have my headphones off. I'm this, fucking so hot. I'm sorry. That's it's, all right. it's a workout. Dumping all this cinema knowledge, dude. I get it. But yeah, that was the f- that was the first thing shot, and then yeah, it was shot so much out of order. Donna Man was last. Crazy. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna probably lose this suit. One sec. <laughs> what are your broad strokes? What's the movie about? Like, what's the monolith mean? Evolution. What's what's the ending mean? Broad strokes. What do, what's your I, guys' I don't interpretation? Think you, you need to have. Well, that's a, what, a narrative story. You know, like this, that's true. This transcends narrative yeah, story. It's very, very. It's like as big picture as it gets. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well, that's it's purposefully that. So, what's your? They wanted to raise more questions than they answered. They said if you left the movie 2001 understanding it, they failed. Yeah. So, what do you think happened? Like, what's your interpretation? There's really no wrong answer. I think that the monoliths appear from whoever is putting them where they are specifically to facilitate the next evolutionary stepping stone. Right. And then that would propagate throughout the universe, eventually through how they first started. And that's 
how things go. The, the monoliths exist to extend us into our next step of evolution. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're the, the quite literal stepping stones of evolution throughout yeah. the throughout our history. Yeah. And then the space baby at the end is simply the next evolutionary stepping stone, I guess. As as but, like abstract as that is, it's yeah. I see it as like it could be a very literal thing where him that space baby is Dave and he is now whatever the next evolution of humans but i take the star child as being better like not better but like he outsmarted ai which is arguably the smartest thing that there is is a computer developed by man that is supposed to be the next step of evolution correct but it's not because a human was able to surpass it a human was able to jump through the obstacles that it had in front of it because a human is afraid of death it is afraid to uh, but so was Hal. Well, it, it's struggling to survive, whereas Hal doesn't have that ability. It can't do anything aside from the things that it controls. Right. Sure. So the next of evolution, I think he's trying to say it's not AI. It's human beings okay. in what they can do next. Yeah. Beyond tools, basically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because a, a big motif in the movie is the use of tools. Right. I mean, Hal is a and, tool. And I'm exactly. not, I'm not right. saying there's a religious aspect to it, but I think he's saying that like it's more than intelligence it's the soul sure quote, energy and spirit energy. that was the that power was of god quoted. in anime <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's what the star child said yeah. when, when it, i had the power of god and anime on my side yeah. don't fuck with me i have the power of god and anime on my side Wait, i don't know if that's wrong but that's my interpretation no I th- there are so many interpretations that i don't feel like he would ever be like that's wrong no, you know he, what i mean he wouldn't he yeah. wouldn't but i I will say again, the book is very literal, and sure. so the book doesn't do what the film does. Yeah, but Kubrick so had he, different intentions than yeah Arthur C. Clarke. You know, totally. They wrote the the screenplay and everything in, yeah. together and blah, blah blah. But uh, if you read the book, it kind of spoon feeds you some of that exposition. Yeah. It's, still, it's still open to interpretation, but it's like um, there are some differences, key differences for sure. Um, I mean, the motif of in the in the we were talking about the film first. The motif of the apes learning to use a tool, throwing the tool, the tool becomes, it's a first weapon, essentially. Then it becomes the uh, the satellite, which a lot of people think is a spaceship or the ship they're on. It's actually a nuclear satellite. It's not obvious, but so it was weapon to weapon match cut. Three million, oh, cool. four million year match cut. Three million year, whatever. Most famous match cut of all time. Moving that into AI, which is another tool. And then the abandonment of tools leads you to Space Child, basically, okay. in a sense. But, you know, the monolith in itself they have, like, is like... like transcended tools in that interpretation. Sort of, okay. yeah. It's like, that's like, that's a, but a is side he saying, element. Is he saying that's what death is, though? I don't think so. Transcending? Because he, he lives the rest of his life, or he ages. Right. He dies sort of, yeah. from but his then the earthly body. is also presented to him. Yeah. Again, yeah. Before the star child, yeah. Right. Yeah, th- so I'll tell you, okay, I'll try and do as quick as possible my interpretation, which is, yeah, the monolith was there. It That one wasn't dug up. That one showed up to help the apes. To, they're like, let's get these guys off this rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then it be, it invents, you know, it gets an idea from touching the, the monolith, right? Or maybe even not touching, maybe just being nearby because the, 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 um, astronauts on the moon touch it nothing happens to them but anyway so the the weapons blah blah blah. we get out of the dawn of man we get to the current like more current present time and then they get to the moon they find they find it on the moon they dug it up 
That one is essentially a silent burglar alarm. That one was buried. So basically, once a life form advanced enough has dug this up from the moon and discovered it, it alerts them. And they're like, it, it, so that's the, the noise, the E, or well, that's what uh. was ever interfering in their helmets. Which was interesting because this was actually a, a piece of dialogue cut from the script. There was a lot of dialogue of them walking down being like, so uh, when did you guys dig this up? Oh, like the other night, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah. And then so they're like, it's all black. So we assume it's solar power. They're like, well, when did you finish digging it up? They're like, well, we had to turn on the lights because the sun was setting, blah, blah, blah. So then as soon as the sun hits it, mm. it's solar powered, triggered. That's when it goes off. Okay. And that's the last shot you see of it on the moon after it makes them, after he's like, Scooting closer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a hilarious scene to me. Yeah. Um, uh, he's you know as they're taking the picture, it triggers, sends the signal to the aliens. So they find the signal was going to Jupiter. Then it, then we go to the Jupiter mission, which would have been Saturn if they could have figured out the rings and the VFX, but they they scrapped that and did Jupiter. So they go to they're flying to Jupiter. Half the the crew is in hibernation and half isn't. That's the whole mystery. That's the whole whatever. And um. Basically, uh, one of the theories is um, there's two th- theories for Hal's malfunction. What's your guys's? Do you guys have it? Or, like, I think Hal is seeking to be more human-like and make sure that he himself can get to where they're going because he wants to be human. Okay. Maybe like he wants to complete the mission at all costs. Sure. Yeah, I'm. Mean, that feels m- like most likely. Yeah, that's a popular one yeah. where it's like, if you code a perfect computer, and he it doesn't wants, make mistakes, right? He, he sees p- humans as an error. Right. Right. So well, the he first go. Well, you're interfering with the mission with all your human questions and yeah, like you you guys are questioning me and wondering why you're on this mission and all this. Why is everyone asleep yeah. and all this shit? The the biggest giveaway that he feels he's human is the fact that he lies when it's revealed what the other Hal back on Earth said. So it's like, well, if he's always perfect and doesn't make mistakes, why would he feed something patently false? Well, that is, there's two things that support the second theory, which is that's, people think, some people think that's why the computer malfunctioned. Because the one it was communicating with on Earth had all the information, and this one was coded to deceive and withhold information. So there was like a, it, oh, because it was withholding information. Yeah, okay, it was. It right. couldn't tell them about the mission, right? And all this mm. stuff. You know, there was a bunch of secret people that were in hibernation. So it was they're coded. not telling them, and they weren't. They were trained separately. Right. All this right. other shit. There was also a bunch of dialogue cut about their pay not going through, hmm. which is interesting. David. Oh Bowman, shit! Yeah, like almost expendable. Yeah. They're like, yeah, my. I, I assumed it was like a because like an accounting error. Yeah, like an accounting error, or whatever. But that was cut. That's fucking. So it was like. So they were withholding information from that one. I love the crew was like, yeah, fuck it. We don't yeah, need to give them anything. Yeah. They cut nine. Don't give these fuckers anything yeah. to his audience. Yeah. He cut 19 minutes from the film after he screened it the first time. Wow. Shit. And part of it was four or five scientists in the very beginning of the movie before the prologue about it was four or five real scientists just talking about extraterrestrial life. I bet that would go hard. One of those was Carl Sagan. Oh, shit. Who was the only guy that requested to be paid for the film. But anyways. Uh, I got to make contact. I'm so glad he cut <laughs> a bunch of scientists at the beginning. <clears throat> yeah, no, yeah, we don't need that. Us. But um, anyway, you don't need that before <clears throat> the dawn of man. No, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. You the, begin at the dawn of man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically how malfunctions um, and then, you know, Dave overcomes the monolith is there, sees it. They're close enough to Jupiter. He abandons the how computer. That's another speculative thing. Like, why did he leave the big, big spaceship? 
and go into the little po- little pod. Um, it's you know. Anyways, he goes. The monolith lines him up and brings him to his habitat, essentially. Right, which, where he's, he's basically like being observed by them, right? Essentially, yeah. And this is essentially the moment when they think it's constructed from its. I mean, in the book, if you read it, it's pretty literal, but it's constructed from his memories. So it's yeah, like, it's well, like this a, is like a zoo exhibit. It's like a based deli- on your memories. Right. Yeah, like sort of like how like in a zoo exhibit, it's it's like a facsimile of their natural habitat. Exactly. And it's not really what it's like. Yeah, like in the book, he opens up, there's like a phone book and he opens it up and it has no numbers in it. Oh, shit. So it's like he'd remember Fuck. there being a phone book with none of the numbers. That's crazy. And so like there's a phone, but it's attached to the base. It doesn't pick up. So it's like this weird prop room. That's crazy. So there's that whole thing. And then, <clears throat> and then I think at this point, after going through the fucking wormhole beyond the infinite, space time is just yeah, doesn't matter. It's a fucking jumble. Yeah. That's why he's observing himself in and out, like hallucinating. Like space time is just folding in on itself in his brain. He's yeah. just basically like seeing himself. The the but the I have never ever been more on the edge of my seat. The first time I watched this movie, after going through a black hole and then ending up in a living room, right? Yeah, and being like, and with the space pod in there i was like i've never yeah. ever been able to recreate that goosebump in any movie i've never been more like what is happening and the and the slow pace of that scene where he's creeping on the room Ugh. and then sees like, himself and then that self yeah. is, is now the current him that you drops with. the glass and then he's on the his deathbed like yeah. wait what the fuck and then the monolith's like what's up motherfucker yeah <laughs> go to sleep bitch <laughs> and then baby yeah yeah so yeah, and, and then I'm baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said goo goo gaga, yeah, and then yeah. the movie ends. Right. It really is a true Spice World movie. He becomes baby Spice, <laughs> you could argue. Yeah. Baby Space. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but uh, the, the glass shattering was apparently Dave's idea. Dave Bowman, or the actor. Uh, uh, Keir. Who gives a name? fuck? Keel Dun- Dolum. <laughs> uh, Keir Dunham. Smeagol. Um, but a lot of people Peter think, Dinklage. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of people think, and I, I kind of agree with this, is that, that that's a it may not have been intentional, mm-hmm. but that's a metaphor for a glass breaking, the contents spill out, but the the shell breaks, the vessel breaks, and that's what mm-hmm. happens with Dave's body. He okay. dies and he ascends into like this energy spirit, new space child thing, which is what the aliens are, which is what helped him through all this whole thing, which has helped him ascend, etc. Arguably, I think the best fun fact of the movie is that did you know that the spacesuits are actually referenced in the new hit film guardians of the galaxy volume Yo. they're wearing a, a replica of this the astronaut suits arguably yeah. a better movie the it was they, it was crazy that kubrick predicted guardians, guardians of, the of the galaxy, galaxy volume three exactly it and was just like what i think the monolith is rocket raccoon in a way uh, yeah, yeah it's yeah, just yeah, his yeah. interpretation of rocket raccoon yeah the monolith was actually played by baby bradley cooper in this right. movie and he replies his role as a raccoon later yeah well said that was, yeah. yeah did you know did you know but yeah even like the eyes twitching of that space child that was like a little sculpture and like that, this little mm. like like the eye switching are such a great touch, but it's crazy. Yeah, it was you know a larger forehead, <clears> bigger <throat> eyes, smaller mouth. Right. It's like another stepping stone to the next grays. But I think the people helping the basically the aliens in this movie are the most ascended. They're beyond physical right, form. Right. They're like pure space, <clears throat> time, and energy, is what he said. Yeah, they has. jerk off hands free for sure. Yeah, they, 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 they hands <laughs> free for sure. Yeah, yeah. They, they're they're having like they've ascended to the point that they can just like have a millennial long orgasm, <laughs> like, like you were talking about. <laughs> They just like think it. It's the 
is the Kirby. Yeah. That's how they make new universes. They're just like, yeah, yeah. hands-free Kirby nut into this into the void. It's actually King Dedede is the architect behind 2001. Yeah. Was that a Carlos Mencia reference? No, it's from Kirby. King Cur- what? Cur- king Dedede. That's the name of the Penguin King. From- Dude, why are you bringing up Carlos Mencia? Dude, he's the funniest comedian of our time. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's that's essentially the broad strokes of it. But if you want to know, do you want to know the literal like last? Honestly, no. From the, <laughs> all right, I'll give you two cool things. The monolith in the book was actually iridescent. It was like oil and water. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and in and in the the book, monolith in the book. Yeah, like when it uh, rains outside of a gas station. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, uh, one of my favorite things from the book that I wish still was in the movie. It's in 2010, but it's in it's not in 2001. The last broadcast that they recover from Earth from Dave Bowman, when he's going into the monolith, he's approaching it, and he says, "My God, it's full of stars." And that's the that's last thing. That's the last. Hard. That's the last broadcast from Dave Bowman. That's fucking. In hard. 2010, they, you know, it's yeah, whatever. I won't spoil it, but he goes, "Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh fuck! It's a bookcase of my daughter's room, dude. Oh shit! Oh fuck! My fucking silentio yeah. beam." <laughs> Oh, my pitiful sentience. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, the second thing I just want to, I'll close with this. The star child, um, it's not apparent that the first cut to satellite is a nuclear weapon in the beginning. Sure. But in the end, in the book, in the end of the book, he shows up back at Earth and it, he describes it like it's his plaything. The star child is approaching his favorite toy that he can't resist. Fuck. And he says, and he says the nuclear satellites and weapons orbiting the, the, the space were an annoyance to him, so he eliminated them. So he removes all weapons. And it says, like, which was which must have been a dawn for half of the world. Just explosions in the sky. And then he says, he, the, the star child does not know what it will do next, but it will think of something. And that's it. Damn. That goes hard. Just like a baby that's just like, no more war! Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I Only mean... milky. <laughs> there's no way we'll get to everything else, so I'll just wrap it up there because I'm... We're all fucking tired. We're all hot. We're all hot. We should wrap this up. We're all so drunk and we're about to go driving. We literally didn't... Yeah, there's four pages of notes on Patreon. Fucking check it out. I mean, like, what else is there to say, really? You know what I mean? If you you want all the deep dive shit, we try to cover a little bit of it, try to make it fun. This is a comedy podcast. Oh, and yeah. First and foremost. We're just fucking around. I try try to let the bits come through, but fucking go watch that Cinema Tyler seven-part series. I highly recommend it. He condensed every BTS and fucking BTS concept art and all this shit. All this shit they did for... They almost did aliens. They almost had aliens. They tried a hundred different concepts. Wow. And then they just scrapped it. Because Carl Sagan was like, don't show them. They're not even going to resemble humanoids. They're so advanced. Yeah. And he was like, okay. And then, Stanley, <laughs> okay. and then Stanley Kubrick basically said, how do you show God? Wow. And that was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't show that. Right. Damn. And that's why he didn't, you don't see alien. alien. Th- this movie really is about his love and care for like detail and and symbolism and and all of it just wrapped up into one, dude. This is This ascends, transcends narrative film and it's funny that one of the most like prolific alien figures in all of sci-fi is a slab of wood painted black yeah that's literally what it was on set oh i but it's like that's perfect i forgot to bring it up this okay this is this might border on douchey theory type thing go on but okay so the monolith everything i've said no (laughs) okay so so the monoliths um are could be like an analog for 
the fire and the myth of Prometheus in Greek mythology. How in that myth, the fire, it's interpreted to be either one or two, one of two things or both of those things, where the fire is a weapon as fire, like that, or it's the fire as in it's the spark of humanity that gives birth to art and technology and stuff like that. You're 100% right, because he actually renamed the movie to It's Odyssey. Oh, fuck. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, fuck. You know, <laughs> you know what it was called before that? Fucking Big Baby Nut. I don't know. <laughs> space Child, Big Day Out. Yeah. <laughs> baby, baby's big day, space Baby's Big Day Out. That's a great DMT. Space Baby Goes to Earth. That That's now my DMT. I came up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, It was called, it used to be called Journey Beyond the Stars. Damn, A Space Odyssey. Yeah, the, the one they went with was a lot better. Yep. Arguably, it's You can better. argue it. You're 100% right about that. Hell yeah. Anyways, there's a million other facts on our Patreon. Here. Right. DMT time? Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you, do you do DMT first? Oh, fuck. I forgot about what we do here. I know, right? <laughs> what the fuck? You're trying to go over my shit, man? You're trying to go over my shit, man? Our shit, comrade. Where's my fucking... In the cinema with Marty Scorsese's. Possibly the easiest fucking round of all time, I mean, dude. Really? This deserves its own category. Yeah. yeah is Genuinely. It, is it the greatest movie of all fucking time? <laughs> uh, seriously. If you're if you're listening to this, like, these fucking pretentious assholes loving 2001 A Space Odyssey, a fucking old movie. Here's the thing. With the movie this good and this, this much of a masterpiece, it's pretentious to dislike it. I agree with you. If, if not, not in the sense like ah, I didn't like the monkey movie. Not in that sense. But you're being a contrarian. But if you're on your review website going, it's actually shallow and pedantic and boring. Yeah, yeah. you're a fucking pretentious asshole. Yeah. That being said, I hate this movie, dude. That being said, <laughs> is it cinema? Is it? Yes, yeah, it's 100 ah. percent cinema. It is. Yeah, it's cinema. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking ah. cinema. Uh, so we have to determine whether or not uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey belongs in the one true format. Developed by Zack Snyder, of course, uh, 4-3. Is it 4-3 for me? 100%. Ah. Alexander? Yeah. Ah. It's such a yes that it's like, fucking yeah, it's fuck off. Fucking yeah. get it over, yeah. asshole. Is it 4-3 for me? My favorite movie of all time, fountain. besides The Fountain. That you have and, tattooed on your fucking arm there. And Spice yeah. World. That, no, that's, a, that's the planets from Hercules. Yeah, I should <laughs> get Spice World right above it. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um, People don't know that the planet is actually Spice World. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. actually the Spice World right there. Um, it's, it is 4-3, but it is beyond 4-3 for me. It deserves a new ah. category. I can't, it, is, it is space, baby. It is beyond the infinite. It is beyond the infinite. Oh. I, it's the only movie in that category. I, I coined it and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I coined it and here and we you are. You can't add any more and the only other movie. Yeah. And no fucking duh. It's fucking. No ass. fucking duh. Duh ah. as fuck. We just put out like a fucking two and a half hour episode. Um, you play this up. while you play 2001. Yeah, we should have done that. <laughs> DMT? Dumb movie title. Um, the Ultimate Trip. I'm sorry, I'm going first. Is that okay? Yeah, go on. The Ultimate Trip. Um, Space Babies, Big Day Out. And um, Big Day Outer Space. That's a good one too. Um, that's all I got. Nice. Uh, reject Monkey, Return to Baby. <laughs> uh, Hal's Moving Castle. <laughs> Bad Robot and Monkey Bone. Nice. 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 Those are good. I just have Chat DMT. Nice. That's good. Those are good. Yeah, that's good. Those that's are all really good. 
Yeah, hard to pick. We'll pick later. Congrats to us. We did it. Real quick budget. Oh, fuck. How the fuck? I know it. So All you right, guys so this is 1968, so I'll go... 15 million. 27 million dollars. Alex wins. Shit. What is it? 10.5 million. Whoa. Whoa. Arguably a low budget movie, you know. I mean, now, that, yeah, yeah, now yeah. it is. But yeah. back then... Uh, That's probably what, like 48 million? That's an incredibly low budget movie. Yeah. Michael Bay did a low budget movie recently. I mean, recently in the last 10 years, and it was $40 million. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a fucking incredible Adjusted for inflation, that was probably like the similar budget. Yeah. That's a billion dollars, actually. That's a, it's seven thing. trillion. Here's the thing, though. He went over budget. Good. Guess the real budget. Oh. Oh, shit. All right. Guess 12. how much he actually spent. 12.5. I'll stay 15. You said 12.5? Yeah. Alex wins again. Wow. 21 million. Dang. Alex the Economist Wilson. <laughs> he took out insurance policies for almost every shot he fucked up, by the way. Fuck. The Economist. Every time they fucked up a matte painting and shit and were just experimenting with light projections, they were just like, yeah, scrap that day. <laughs> insurance policies. He also took out an insurance policy. He was like, hey. On Earth. <laughs> he, said, he said, hey, if alien life gets discovered before my movie comes out, I want it. I want an insurance policy taken out. And the studio was like, no. And he was like, oh, fine. <laughs> Whatever. They're like, that's the most unprecedented bullshit we've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, if we <laughs> just walking into MGM, hey, real quick. Yeah. Uh, can you give me some extra money if we happen to discover aliens and it makes this movie flop? Yeah. We're the lion. Like, what if I'm company? fucking right, though? Yeah. <laughs> what if I discover aliens in the process of making this He's movie? He's like, first of all, if we discover aliens, we're not telling you. All right, yeah. like seven or eight people are gonna know, <laughs> yeah. and they look like the Moodawkins from Oddworld. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's All right. about it, right? I don't think we have time for anything else. Yeah, let's fucking wrap it up, let's dude. I'm it. hot. Yep. Uh, leave a message after the show. Yeah. Two one four six nine nine ninety seventy six. Correct. Yeah. Thanks for listening to there are too many movies. Go watch two thousand one if you haven't. Obviously. Thanks for listening for over two hundred episodes, family. Yeah. We fucking love you. Thank you. We appreciate the support. Well, hopefully we weren't too did you know this episode or I wasn't did too did you know did you know that 2001 didn't come out in 2001 <laughs> <laughs> but if you uh, want some more did you, if you want some more did you know facts five mucks a month on Patreon get you a bon- bunch of bonus shit and also fucking four pages of notes that'll a bunch of fun film facts okay bye but is it better than Dr. Dre's 2001 ooh good question that's the only thing is, does it hold the candle to Dr. Dre's 2001 it was actually almost a soundtrack for this movie did you know? That makes sense. Later, Toads. B. Goodbye. Another fun fact of this movie. Sorry. But speaking of music, all of the stuff that was ended up in the film was actually temp stuff to edit to. Oh, cool. Somebody composed stuff and he scrapped it all. And the guy didn't even know he, he they had scrapped it until he went to the premiere. He's like, oh, wait wow. a second. And then he got sued by a bunch of classical like licensing things because they were like, yeah, you don't have that. And he's just like, <laughs> pay MGM, pay him. Hey, guys. I was just listening to the podcast. Um, by the way, I love the podcast. <clears throat> I listen to work. I sock shelves overnight and, um, I love movies just like you guys. I haven't listened to all the podcasts, so I'm not too sure if you guys have talked about it, but I'm curious on your guys' opinion of Star Wars. Um, it could be the, the first three or the, the, the second three or all of them talk about all of them i'm just curious on you guys' opinions of star wars um 
Yeah, love the podcast again. Keep it up, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. Bro, what they made Takis, like hard shell taco Doritos, but like Takis, you know? If you guys want to, yeah, I'm no, I'm glad you asked actually about the music because uh, there's another fun fact. The uh, the 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 score, the composer had a similar name to Hal, and some people think you know Kubrick never misses a detail. Do you guys? Are you guys here? Do you guys? Alexa, open the pod bay doors. I'm sorry, Dave. Oh, hey, man. I'm hey, afraid uh, I can't. Do oh, that. you forgot your water bottle. Also, I'm not Hal, and uh, we're not in space. Well, I'm wearing my spacesuit. It says astronaut on it. Um. Uh, there's uh, the they actually lost the uh all the seven foot miniatures in the field. Um, after they wrapped shooting, they was in a storage unit that MGM paid for, and then they went bankrupt, and they built. Stanley Kubrick, and then he didn't pay for it, so they dumped all the miniatures in a field. It was overgrown like The Last of Us. This is actually the, arguably the most interesting fact of all. Uh, Dave Bowman wears a wig the whole movie. Did you guys? Oh, no way, Chris. That's crazy. Dude, I know. It's wild. It's It looks like his hair, but it's like, it's a wig because he didn't want to worry about haircuts. Stanley Kubrick was like, we don't have time for that. And then we got a whole we got to spin the whole set josh you oh you want to know about the fucking how how vivian kubrick was actually the girl in the webcam call dude yeah i wrote it down he played she plays dr floyd's daughter and then she went on to compose full metal jacket and then shoot the shining documentary there's a cat in my garage i named after her she's actually like an alt-right like anti-vaxxer now vivian kubrick She's like, she's on Infowars and shit. Kind of sad, honestly.